Welcome back to This Is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Never Again from New Jersey. First track off their demo entitled Disillusion. If you want to check this out, go to the show notes. We've got links so you can buy the demo. Or you can check them out on their band camp. Their very first show is going to be Friday, September 10th at The Yard. A new venue coming out of Ambler, Pennsylvania. Our guest tonight, Bob, he has a big hand in it. Our friend Mikey Balfalco is supplying the area with a new suburbs venue. Never Again is a new band trying to see jump up as the world starts spinning again. Pure hardcore, really good shit. Very happy to have them open up the show. Now, obviously, this is episode 50. First, I was nervous and, man, we got to get something big. You know, people are going to want something special, someone they hadn't heard from, and also something to commemorate. But really, there's still a lot of work to be done. And if nothing about this podcast that I've learned more about is about showcasing people who have kicked ass for hardcore and things that have brought the culture to new heights. And so I find it to be very cool to have number 50 be completely about the upcoming just announced FYA Festival, which obviously, if you've been a listener, you heard me talk about FYA Festival and about Bob Wilson. And there's a reason why I didn't release this on the Friday is because I wanted this specific episode to come out on the Monday. As the show's announced, I wanted people who maybe wanted more information or wanted to hear about these bands and do something special for Bob because all the years of Bob supporting me and and being a huge hand at this hardcore and a huge hand in my personal life and being a huge reason why hardcore is still kicking ass at this time. And so what we did was we staggered this release. This is going to come out today, obviously. And in four days' time, we're going to have episode 51 and we're going to do the whole Bob Wilson story. It's going to be absolutely fucking fantastic. And anyone who's heard me brought him up knows I have a high opinion of him. He's one of my favorite people on earth. And why not do an entire show just giving the background? But this show specifically is talking about some history in FYA and then also the bands and everybody playing this announcement. It's the first time because of COVID we've ever had the opportunity to do an announcement. I don't think I'm going to do it for every fest. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. But episode 50, my boy Bob has his baby coming out today everybody's going to be posting about it you're not going to be able to go on the internet and not see someone say blah 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 fya everyone's gonna be so fucking excited and i just wanted to give my brother some support for all the years of support and talk about his specific show so without further ado here we go we are talking to bob wilson if you haven't listened to this podcast yet this is only going to be the first time you heard his name, but if you listen to any of the fucking episodes, I have dropped Bob's name many a time, and um, unlike all the previous guests, you're not going to understand some of what we're talking about here from Bob's past, because we're not talking about Bob exactly. We're talking about the thing that we always talk about on this fucking podcast, which is hardcore shows and fests, and Bob Wilson for Philadelphia, Bob Wilson for the suburbs of Phil, uh, Philadelphia, Bob Wilson for living in Florida temporarily, 
created FYA, Fuck Your Attitude Festival in 2013. And even though he is now back in the glorious state of Pennsylvania in the most important city in the world, Philadelphia, he still manages to run the greatest hardcore fest in the calendar year. Like if you want to say a year, it starts with FYA, early January, though the first ones were in late December. Every year starts with an amazing FYA, amazing amount of bands. Bob, as we talked to him, we talked a little bit about he curates and gets this built together. And for me, you know, I, I watched Bob grew up and that's not going to be really discussed because next Friday, so in four days, you're going to be able to hear the entire Bob Wilson story. This entire episode is dedicated to the announcement of FYA 2021. So, Bob, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Um, as I as I said, you know, it's an interesting story, and we're going to get to it in episode 51, but I'm very happy that we have an entire episode dedicated to FYA. Um, for those listening who haven't heard me name drop that a million times, uh, it's always fucked me up that I couldn't support literally one of my favorite human beings on the planet. End of the year is always bad for me. Either I have work and there's no reason why I can take off or I don't have work and I probably should be smart with my money. So Robert T. Wilson, Robert Wilson flew me out for 2019 FYA and which ended up being the, what was it? Actually, it was 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, the first. Yeah, week. it was 2020. The first, so the first, the first week of 2020, I go down to his beautiful festival, and at the pre-show, I break my fucking hand, which didn't stop us. We still partied at the castle, this amazing goth club, all three nights. But most importantly, Bob and his festival really just blew me away and introduced me to so many young bands, and I, I'm I'm still enamored, almost a year and a half actually more than a year and a half after that one, just about how amazing the whole setup was and so impressed. And since we started the podcast during the COVID year, I was always hoping to be able to do an FYA announcement uh, promo episode. And so here we are, FYA 2021, number 10. No? Um, eighth. Yeah, number eighth. eighth. Fuck, see, we could have had it. We just had that. Fuck. Number eight. So then... Unlike previous years where you're probably rolling off the heat of the last one. And, and I know like with this is hardcore while I'm booking this thing, I'm always talking to people about, well, if it doesn't work out next year. So how, how was it going into a cold start year where you didn't have another festival performances to kind of go off to pick this bill? Uh, it was pretty hard, honestly, because, you know, no bands really had momentum. You know, you couldn't be at a show and like a band pops off or, you know, there's a bunch of good demos and records that came out, but you can't tell how much that actually translated to, you know, people giving a fuck. And, you know, there's obviously always the balance of what people really care about, and what I really care about. And I try to find like a good medium between that two. So, yeah, it was basically just, you know, basically trying to cram in two years worth of new releases and new bands and things that I wanted to do into one year just in general. So yeah, it was kind of, it was probably the, it was cool. Cause you know, you kind of have first dibs on pretty much whatever, but then that also is kind of, you know, it's also makes it super hard cause you know, you have all these options. So you just kind of got to figure out what the actual best option would be and what actually makes the most sense and what flows and all that stuff. So 
yeah, it was kind of, it was probably one of the most difficult ones I've had to do. Now, the thing I love that you keep touching on is demos and new bands. When you look at the festival, one of the key things that I have said about you specifically is your ability to listen to a band at its infancy before anybody else knows them. You got your ear to the street, your ear in the internet, and you're constantly dropping bombs on us with bands that become the fucking band that everyone talks about. And I know we're going to talk more about that in your own personal episode, but did you, when you walked into doing your first FYA, think about the relationship of having a festival that was going to expose young bands and how did that come to play? Yeah. I mean, you know, when, uh, when me and Sam first started doing it, you know, at least on my end, it was, there's a lot of good bands that I feel like kind of get overlooked and just aren't ready for, you know, the bigger fests that already exist and stuff like that. So it was kind of just, I like this band. I think this band's sick, but you know, people really don't know them yet. So uh, I'm going to put them on this and kind of try to show people, you know, stuff they may not know. And then bands that I think deserve recognition and are doing cool shit. So yeah, basically that's from the jump. That's basically what I've been trying to do is, you know, for the, for the people who think that, you know, the hardcore sucks now, or like just because bands, they really like don't exist anymore. Nothing good exists. It's just kind of being like, well, you know, they're, th- the shit keeps going forward. So here's things that I think represent what's still good about hardcore and what you should pay attention to. What I like about FYA at its very earliest outset is that looking at, it's got to be a pain in the ass with festivals like This Is Hardcore, United Blood, Sound of Fury, and BNB Bowl, and all the other ones taking up a lot of the bigger names. So at the very outset, you had a very curated lineup that was either workhorses and established bands that can fucking kill it, but you didn't run into the $5,000 to $10,000 guarantees. So you really were able to focus on some bands, especially in 2013 as I look at this list. There's so many of these bands in the earlier part of the bill that are already inactive, but I think the cool thing is is someone looking at this flyer in 10 years are going to have all these bands to check out. They're like, whatever fucking happened to all these bands, you know? Mm-hmm. So where did you, uh, where did you start in the sense of looking at bands to pull on that were not the headlining bands? Were you looking for bands that were centrally located or in general things that you enjoyed and you didn't care about the kind of draw they were going to bring? Yeah. I mean, we kind of just went into it super blind the first year and, uh, didn't really know what not that we didn't know what we wanted to do but um specifically when i moved down to florida and a little before uh you know i first started going to shows there um i would be like you know why is nobody like blistered for example is a good example of that um you know i thought they were sick and then you know that people kind of knew them but you know through blistered i found other bands even bands like you know cold-hearted and you know some other stuff that i was like you know, you kind of, Florida pretty much didn't have like the greatest reputation for hardcore for a while. So, you know, I was down there and I was seeing all these bands I thought were really good. And I was like, yeah, we need to kind of put these bands over, you know, the same way you do with this is hardcore with hooking up, you know, the local bands, you know, the Philly bands, the younger bands from the Burbs. And then, you know, Florida as one big thing. Um, yeah, it was basically just trying to, trying to show people since the fest is in Florida, yo, all this cool shit's going on in Florida 
you know, start paying attention to these bands, pay attention to the blisters of the world, um, you know, and this trying to showcase them and, you know, show, show people what Florida had going on at the time. I mean, just looking at that, I mean, if you say like, you just looked at blisters demo and we're like, why weren't people fucking with them? I think going back to what I've said this whole time is there's a, a kinsmanship between you picking something like blistered and having the outlet like FYA to amplify what this band's potential was. And now looking at the last six, seven years, there's people that said they found straight edge and people that they found hardcore because of blistered. And yeah. that's because of you, you know? Yeah. It's and cool. Then- I'm glad because, you know, I think they're, they were well-deserving of, you know, people's recognition and time. So, you know, and you know how that feels like uh, when you, you want a band, you want to put a band over and see them get the reaction. You know what I mean? And like, just because you really like the band, you really like the kids in it. And then, you know, that feeling when I, I still remember that first blister set actually at the fest and just being on side stage and there was like a real crazy anticipation for the set and, you know, just seeing them being able to, to capitalize on the shit and seeing people freak out was, was a good feeling. So I was like, I was able to help them do that. What's really cool for me is is watching the immediate progression of FYA because the hardest thing about doing any fest is getting the first one off the ground. Yeah. And if the first one's successful, it's almost a blessing and a curse. It's a double-edged sword because I imagine you got a bunch of no's that first year and then people trying to make sure they were on it the second year, correct? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, even – so the going back to the first one specifically – we would hit bands up and be like, yo, we haven't played Florida since, you know, whatever year, you know, we went all the way down there and we kind of, you know, didn't get paid well or it was a shitty experience. So, you know, we'll give it a try just because, you know, we trust you and Sam. So it was a lot of specifically the first year trying to convince bands that it's worth their time to come out. So, you know, and we did get some no's, you know, that, you know, ended up in later years being able to do, but yeah, that, that specifically that first year was kind of hard with just trying to get your foot in the door and all that. And initially you guys were at the back booth and I remember playing that place with Shadow Realm. It was like a blood fest. You're playing and there's fights the whole time. <laughs> so I, I don't think it was exactly like that, but there probably was some chaos in putting so many bands in a small room like that. Your first, your first time out. Yeah, I hadn't, we played back booth a real long time before that, I think. And then, so I kind of forgot how small it was. And then we technically sold out that first year, but then, you know, we showed up the first day and like, there wasn't even room for like a lot of people's merch. So we had the merch set up outside and, you know, of course it started fucking raining and shit. And then, you know, there's just people on top of people in the venue. And it was just, it was, I like chaos, obviously, you know what I mean? But like, (laughs) like that was like a little, I was like, all right, next year we got to do something else. Cause this is like two, like, this is just for like a pretty big show and not a fucking two day fest. You know what I mean? Well, if you look at immediately. So for those who don't have things in front of you, the headliners, the first weekend were just fucking fantastic. Blacklisted and nails is like the one, two punch. And then, you know, stick together homies from Wilkes bar. So they added to that. And then, you know, I don't know. Is there a better like one, two, three for that kind of Southern area than down to nothing foundation and bitter end? Like that's a, that's a sick way to start, you know? Um, it's a really sick way to start. And I feel that specifically that helped build the name up to what it would be. So when you rolled into your second, your second festival, you, you had 
a lot of impetus under you. And I think, and we talked about this on the show, the second year was 2014. And I've always said, I always felt like 13 turning into 14 was a different time for hardcore. It was like a shift that uh, we weren't aware of. How did you feel going into the two where, you know, now you have a band like a power trip that might've been if 2011 or 10, if you started the fest, they probably could have headlined. And, you know, they became one of the, you know, you had three of the biggest names in hardcore at the time, which is Cold World, Power Trip, and Running Out, all in all in the top row, you know? That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, they, um, I will say, so for the first year, having, just having Foundation and Black Was It and Down Nothing and Nails gave it some sort of, like, you know, a stamp of approval for being legitimate hardcore fest, I think, you know what I mean? Which is, you know, I'll always be thankful for those guys for, you know, coming down when, who the fuck knows what the hell they, you know, would have expected coming down for it. So, so going in the second year, actually riding out dropped because they basically, uh, I can't remember what happened, but I'm just playing, um, triple B fest that year instead. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I just went down. I think incendiary is just direct for down to nothing that year, but, uh, yeah, just getting able to do, you know, cold roll power trip, you know, the code orange set at the time was like very crazy. Um, well, that yeah. was that year. That was that year they did a tour with uh, Twitching Tongues, which is like, I saw that show with you and Loti, and was like, "Wait a minute, what the <laughs> fuck? Who are all these asshole kids?" <laughs> yeah, there was a pretty seismic shift when when that fucking record came out, and they did the whole tour on it. So getting them to play was it was cool. They were able to come down for it. Yeah, I mean the 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 lineup really is unbelievable, and. There's some there's some bands and this is something that comes with every festival. You hook up some smaller bands, you might bring them on for a second year, and then at the same time is you got a whole new um, bunch of bands that be pop in. And I even like that you were bringing some small bands down that I think like kind of got overlooked at different times, like Steel Nation, Early Wood, and would play this is hardcore, but they really didn't catch on, so they kind of fell off down here. But it was cool that you were bringing them down, and I wonder if. Do you think because the fact that you were, you know, from the East Coast, like our section, when you had ideas about what would make Florida work, if people were just excited because it was something they weren't thinking about, you know, because it was like from our perspective on how we would put on a show? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I've always been more than willing to to listen to, you know, younger friends and, you know, other people in bands and shit, specifically from Florida. And it's kind of... uh you know, if they have like Steel Nation is a band that a lot of my friends in Florida really liked. And then for me, it made sense because they're on Double or Nothing back then. And they always had real good Florida shows, I know. So I was like, fuck it. I mean, they haven't been to Florida in, you know, whatever amount of years. So I feel like all the all the people who, you know, haven't seen them in a while, you know, because in the Northeast, you get to see them a good amount. So bringing stuff like that to, to people that uh, don't really get to see that kind of stuff often, you know, makes it not easy, but... You know, that's always something to be mindful of with, you know, bringing shit down. Now, looking at some of these bands, and this is a thing that, you know, we're going to go way deeper into in episode 51. There's so many bands, especially like if you look at your pre-show where it's like, yeah, you'll book this other, you'll book this whole fest. But the pre-show really does showcase, especially that year, you're a, you know, your specific love of like the fast, grittier punk side of hardcore. I mean, Hard Stripes and Protester. You know, that's a good back-to-back small show that I could see you doing here if you could. Yeah, that was uh, 
there was a kid from down there that asked me if he could do a show. Uh, he's like, yo, do you mind if I do an after show? I think it'd be cool. Some of these like local bands. I was like, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want, honestly, as long as it's my rule all the time, or at least early on, if people ask me to do that shit is you can do whatever you want. I don't care, but just, if you could just kind of let me know what you're planning on doing with it, because I don't want my name attached to some bullshit that I hate, or I don't want associated with, you know, what I'm doing and all that. But, um, yeah, I thought, I think that after show is a real fucking good one. Yeah. You guys had that. Then you had another one with that, uh, short lived band, modern pain. And, and it just shows that, yeah, you're, you're definitely still fucking with all the heavier shit that was very popular at the time. But I know that you have a special place in your heart for all the faster, grittier, one and a half minute song style hardcore. And I think it's cool that through your, through those uh, after parties and just in the bill in general, you were able to still balance the equation out there. Yeah. I never wanted, you know, in, as you know, like if it was up to me, the fest would be, especially early on, probably vastly different, but there'd be, you know, fucking 60 kids there. If, you know, if it's stuff that I, I specifically only wanted to watch and all that. So I, you know, I always, I want to include that stuff for, you know, people who only know code orange to show up, you know, I, I wanted them to see, you know, hard stripes, um, protester, you know, things like that. And just kind of give them a, a different view on what hardcore could sound like, you know? Well, if you look at, if you look at the iterations and, and the changes made, you get to Tampa, finally, where the fest is now located in the third year. And I think that that lineup and it was it was it moving to Tampa and that lineup, or all things considered, that really helped grow FYA in that third year. Tampa's a thing. So so after uh, the second fest, um, so the reason it was in Orlando in the first place is because that's where Sam's originally from, and he had ideas on what he wanted to do venue wise and what what he thought would be cool and all that. And then I personally, I was never. I was always kind of like, I kind of feel like Tampa is a more central location, but I get why Orlando makes sense. Um, so when, so the second year venue wise was a disaster in my opinion. I thought it was, it was a cool idea in theory. And then like the fucking stage broke like the fourth band of the first day, this fucking dumb fuck broke the stage. And then, so the rest of the weekend, it was, it was just not, uh, you know, they basically just didn't have a stage the rest of the weekend. It was really annoying. And it was too big, and I just I wasn't really feeling it. So then, as soon as Sam wasn't in it anymore, uh, my the, one of the first things I did was hit people up, and I was like, "What are venues in Tampa that would make sense for this?" You know, I kind of want to change locations and all that. So, um, yeah, that's that's when I decided to to just move it there and then put it at the Orpheum. One of the coolest things I think also that you did with this fest from the outset, and I always appreciate it, is it's such a pain in the ass with a Friday show, and it's like the bane of my existence. As you know, me talk about it. <laughs> this is hardcore. It's like Saturday and Sunday. And then you have this overfill Friday. Cause you want people to come all three days, but I liked that You just saddled right on. No, it's Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I think I don't even remember why we started doing that. Cause I, but then just talking to people, I was like, yo, Friday sucks. You got to fucking get out of work or call Bingo. out of work and then go right there. So I'd rather, me personally, I'd rather be tired as hell on a Monday going to work than have to, you know, use personal time or whatever to go to a show on the Friday. Um, so yeah, that that's I, I like I prefer the Saturday Sunday model more than Friday Saturday for sure. What's coolest about the number three, not only with the anime flyers and all this cool shit, you had a fucking all at war next to Rival Mob one night, and then you got Turnstile and Blistered 
with so many different bands in between. And I feel like you were probably, you think you were more comfortable that year than any previous because you kind of had a better sway of how things are going, what kind of people are turning out, and you knew what kind of bands you were looking at? Yeah, so, you know, with with Sam, it was kind of just like, we would kind of go back and forth on what bands to do, and then we'd have an idea and pitch it to the other one, and we kind of both had free reign to do whatever the hell we wanted. So being as it was my first one, just by myself, it was it was more of things that I specifically wanted to do that I thought would work and be cool. Um, it was definitely challenging as hell because, you know, I don't have money to front for shit, you know, especially for a fest or anything like that. So uh, trying to, I was, I was literally like going around to friends asking, you know, cause I had to pay for bands flights and all that stuff. So being like, yo, if you, if you spot me now, I'll give you, you know, the money back plus give you whatever at the fest and like all that stuff. So it was like, it was a, it was a learning experience because, you know, I kind of had to scramble to just even pull it off because, you know, without people like Rob Goodspeed and some others, I don't even know if like, you know, I could have even gotten the bands down there and all that. Um, so that, yeah, that was, that, that kind of year was like a pretty big shift in how everything worked and bands that played and, and ideas to play and all that. I'm glad you brought him up because obviously now that we're into number eight, you started establishing like, not only, I mean, like all, like all things like the, like not only just like the Philly hardcore shows we have here and you being the king of all tents in Philadelphia, this is hardcore, but you start building this team that sticks with you through the years. Um, I guess it was, you say that's the year you start really building your FYA team up. Yeah, I think, uh, that's a year definitely not that they didn't really, you know, participate in the first couple of years, but you know, Rob and Lennon for sure. Um, and then AC, I, you know, I, I have the people that, you know, I speak to every fucking day when I'm trying to plan it out. And then, uh, you know, uh, Robin Lennon being, you know, the, the Kings from North Florida and South Florida, you know, you get two, two pretty good, uh, perspectives on, on what, what should be on there and, you know, what makes sense and all that. So, and, yeah, I, I really, that's the first year I started to really value, you know, things that, you know, we, we would speak about. Well, that was was interesting to me because I was looking at some of these names of these bands. I'm like, who the fuck told this dude anyone wants to see these bands? <laughs> and then you like, and then you're like, no, nah, man. Like I'm telling you, these are the ones. And I'm like, all right, man. You know better. Like you, you guys know. <laughs> and then you're watching these videos, and you're like, holy fuck, people love these bands. <laughs> and uh, I think this is the year also where I looked at the lineup and was like, okay, cool. I know ten bands. What the fuck, <laughs> you know? Like, and Again, going back to the the power of FYA is that it starts the fucking year off. So you start this year off with bands people have never fucked with. And I mean, you were telling me about Three Knee Deep and I didn't believe you. And look at them now, detained before they became never in the game. You know, like there's all these different bands at different levels of their stuff. Some of them kind of fell apart. I mean, you had God's hate. Now think about God's hate, you know, like all these bands in these different stages of their, of their formation or where they're at in their band playing this small fest in Florida. Now, and years later, you're like, see motherfucker, I told you. (laughs) And that's that eye of talent we were talking about. But I think there has to be in some of you like a, like an inner child. That's really excited. Let's see. I fucking told you, I told you this band was going to kill, you know? Yeah, I mean, specifically for that year, because that was the first year 3D played, and then kind of, you know, people had been talking about them for a minute, you know what I mean? But uh, that was the first time they got to play in front of people from outside the area. 
And then people are like, dude, what the fuck was that? That was like the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. So that, yeah, that kind of started that. And then, you know, Repentance came over for their only two shows ever uh, in America. You know, they did this and then they did an after show. Um, it ended up being the last Rival Mob show. And, you know, even then it was kind of, kind of, they didn't really play that much at the time. So, you know, that being their last show was like pretty crazy in retrospect. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of crazy shit going on that year. Now, looking at as you're growing, which year do you think people started coming at you and being like, not the small band saying, hey, can my band play? What what year do you think at this stage where you, where you where people are saying to you, hey, do you, would you think about having blah, blah, blah? Or were you still having to chase everybody to get them on the bill? I pretty much, I mean, I very rarely would get hit up with, hey, man, uh, you know, would you be interested in having us? Um yeah, like especially, I mean, no agents were hitting me up. Fucking, you know, no, no news sites or you know blogs were asking me for interviews or my feelings on things or whatever. Um, yeah, that I was. I don't even know what the hell year that probably started happening with people. Actually, I, I feel like this this is a year that because of all war, rival mob, and turnstile, and you know, Angel Dust, Fury, all them, like people started being. I think probably the next year is when. Uh, people would start asking me, you know, if I'd be interested in having their bands play and all that. I mean, look at this. The lineup is insane. Blister, uh, Marauder and Decision, Trapped and Rice. I mean, yeah, you started having that, those kind of bands that end up on festivals, but you still have a huge, huge, huge undercard, you know, of all different, you know, from Eternal Sleep and Trail of Lies, your band, all these bands that I have no idea what they even sound like. One of my favorite bands now, Invoke from North Carolina, who you were like, you better put them on. This is hardcore. They fucking kill. You know, I mean, just look at our, our look how low on the bill uh, year of the knife was. You had um, that pain in the ass Zach and his band uh, Uzi Kids opening, you know, um, even, you know, like, look, Jesus Peace is under Billy Club Sandwich and King Nine. That would never happen now. Like, yeah, it, it's it's cool to see our bands from up here rising in FYA. So I wonder if by now, did you think that this is when, because you brought the Florida stuff up our way and then the stuff our way down that it started merging into its own kind of like weird world where your friends in both places all fucked with each other. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, when I moved to Pensacola, a bunch of, um, you know, like, you know, Rob and, and those kids started becoming friends with the Philly kids. And then, yeah, through people coming down to the fest every year and then my friends and other people from Florida come up to this is hardcore, you know, a bunch of friendships were formed. So I, I would say, you know, early on people, people knew each other and were friendly, but I would say, you know, probably the second or third one is when uh, people started, you know, becoming like actual real life friends, not just see you at the fest and hang out kind of friends. No, I, I like I like that because by the time I would get there, it felt like just like any other thing that goes on with festivals. There's a couple years in, people are used to being like, "Hey, I haven't seen you since last year. I only saw you in two places." You know, like and that was the other thing. I think by this stage, FYA had a huge impact, at least for me, when you and I were talking about smaller bands and bands that would do good. But this is hardcore, and I was always impressed by your input. Of some of these bands and I. And I, and I definitely took took heed to listen because there's so many things on these bills that were completely beyond where my brain was at. 
you know, like what the fuck? And then, um, just looking at number five is another great example. Uh, cause we talked about this heavily where you book a fest and then, you know, different people are on the bill and they're not on the bill. And then you have these problems where you book this amazing bill and you have this headliner and then people are like, nah, I got enough. I'm not dealing with the headliner. Like, <laughs> I think that was a growing pain and a learning lesson, but I also think it was so fucking necessary because you put so much into this bill in the earlier stage from district nine down to candy, even that I don't know who death to reason is, but you know, like um, looking at all this, I don't know if a kid would be like, you know what? Yeah. Let me, let me stay for one more. I'll, I'll stay for, I'll stay for chain of strength. <laughs> but uh, while we're talking about it is there's this funny picture and I think it's funny. And I don't care if Chain doesn't like it. Of like, I don't know, 20 people in that room when Chain of Strength goes on. Dude, it's... The thing is, so I thought it was cool as hell because for my taste, you know, I love straight-edge hardcore. And I think Earth Crisis and Chain are two different, super different examples of straight-edge bands. But I think it's a cool combo, obviously. So I was like, fuck it, I'll put them to at the end of the day. And... They insisted on headlining, and I was like, I mean, I can have Earth Crisis headline. Like, no, 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 we're headlining. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I like to think that because Earth Crisis actually stayed straight edge and isn't full of shit, that that was just the karma. And they're like, all right, you know what? You're not straight edge anymore. You drink beers before you play. This is your fucking punishment. You get smoked by Earth Crisis. So, yeah, that was, I mean, <laughs> I I wish this set was sick, but it, it failing miserably was also kind of cool in its own way. And it's just funny in retrospect. So I don't really give a fuck. Also looking at your, your bill on the other end of the side of the coin is like code is no longer kids. They're at the top and you've got all the bangers harm's way. You got freedom, Jesus, peace in vain, the back to back year of the knife is jumping up on the bill. Like I can't imagine some of the kids from that world. It's so fucked up to say world. And I try to break myself of that habit. But there are, we have to acknowledge there are kids that listen to, you know, the modern what's going on right now, and they don't give a fuck about three months before they found hardcore. Yeah. And, um, and that's a good balancing point for you to see, like, kind of like, okay, I could put something like chain on here, but it may not go off as easily as just having blah, blah, blah. And you and I talked about that. Yeah. That year, too, specifically, um, after Infest dropped, you know, I had been, I've loved Iron Age, you know, from, from the start. So I, every year we did the fest, I would be, you know, hitting them up. Be like, yo, you know, if you guys want to play, you know, it'd be awesome, whatever. So that was, um, at the time I was excited just to have them be able to play after years of kind of trying to chase them down. You know what I mean? At this point, the fest was around for, you know, five or so years. And then, you know, personally, obviously with everything that ended up happening, you know, being able to say I booked them and, you know, got to see, uh, at least one one step from them in the last few years. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty glad that it ended up working out the way it did. Yeah, and I and I I completely understand that you because with your bands touring at the time, you know, Iron Age and you guys are friends. Previous even doing the fest, and I think that that's another thing worth mentioning is, which obviously we'll talk about more in your own little uh, episode. This isn't just some guy we're listening to, just like you know what, fuck it, I'm doing a fest for those who think otherwise. You know, Bob toured for a lot of fucking years. He put a lot of miles on. It's one of the only people I know who sang for multiple bands <laughs> and toured multiple different times and had multiple records out on labels and never stopped. So a lot of these social connections that you had are the things that kind of became 
one of your strongest foundation points to kind of draw some bands in like, Hey, remember we played together? Hey, you know, and like, I do that still to this day. So I, I, it's cool that you had that opportunity from knowing them guys from the past to be able to pull them onto the bill. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was never the, Oh fuck Bob's in town. We gotta, we gotta take him out. We gotta go hang out. You know, he's, I don't know. I, I had friends, but you know, I wasn't the, the coolest guy coming through and all that shit. So it was basically just, you know, I did, I was able to use the, yo, you know, we used to play together. You know, I always loved your band, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, they would remember me, but it's very rarely like, oh, well, it's Bob. You know, we got to fucking do it. You know what I mean? But it is good that, you know, at least knew them beforehand. Now, I don't need to tell you because you already fucking know. It it was FYA6 that just outstanding. Like, literally. And why was it outstanding for those listening? You know, look at number one is Bob pulled off one of the greatest feats ever created. He took a band that used to open in like two or three fests beforehand. And he had them play after terror. When there's bands like sick of it all in earth crisis. that don't want to play after terror. And it's still to this day, like a, like a fucking, like we could put you on the history channel, like modern marbles, how you took, (laughs) how you took a local band and put them last after terror. And they fucking killed it. (laughs) That's uh yeah. I mean, you know, building bands up, you know, via your, you know, doing a fest is one of the coolest things to me and seeing the progression and stuff like that. So, you know, the first two years, they, I kind of ran out of room. I was like three and deep has to play every year, but I don't know where the fuck to put them because they're going to smoke pretty much anybody they play after or before. And then, you know, I was having trouble with the headliner and trying to figure out what to do. And then I was like, you know what? The idea of them opening and then ended up headlining and, you know, like a two year span is a hilarious B could actually work because that's like, you know, the, the curse of the headliner that, that was literally brought on by chain of strength. I think, because I was like, fuck, man, every time a headliner plays, like there's like a walkout or people don't stick around. And I was like, well, maybe this is like the one thing I was like, let's let's try it at least, you know, switch it up and then, you know, have them have them headline the fucking day, uh, you know, the second day. And it actually paid off. And it, it was, that was awesome. So to this day, it's, it's still super funny to me that it ended up happening like that. And I should announce Eco Strike, which is like a band that came out of the womb of uh, Blistered. They end up playing after Incendiary, which is another like only in Florida, only at FYA is this oh, possible yeah. moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of look at it, you know, like not that Blacklist that couldn't headline other stuff, but, you know, every year this is hardcore, you know, Blacklist would have the headliner spot. And I always thought that was cool. I like the the local representation and, you know, you're putting on for your fucking city and all that. So I like the idea of just having two Florida bands being like, yo, Florida is strong enough and this fest is strong enough to you know, have these two bands from here, both fucking headline and both kill it. So it was cool to be able to do that. Well, and again, that, that goes back to instead of just being like, I know what's best having that ear to the street, having the ability to know and and actually pay attention. You know what I mean? Like the, and why you, why we should talk a little bit about this is when you're booking a festival or even a big show, the minute, you have more than four bands on the bill. <laughs> it seems like the money goes up. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens is you start getting eight bands deep, 10 bands deep. Now you're like, fuck, I got to pay someone just to play last. And it becomes more of a chore to find someone. If there isn't like an automatic, Oh yeah, this makes sense. The stars align. 
and we lock in a headliner. And so when you're talking about the curse of a headliner, dude, that's been my biggest burden. If I could just, if I could just book the fest based upon merit, who, who will have great responses and not have to deal with the ramifications of chasing a band down and offering them X amount of money, even though it's probably more than they should get just so they play last. Yeah. That's that, solved yourself so many headaches, literally a modern marble or a modern, uh, modern marble in that one. I mean, and yeah, go, going off that too, like, you know, you know exactly what you're saying. There's the, the balance of, well, I need a big name to put on the fucking flyer to get the normal person to pay attention to it. But, you know, so I had to pay him X amount of money, but is that amount of money going to equal, I feel like hardly ever at a fest, no matter where it is, the money you pay the headliner is not equal to the reaction they get. It'll never, you know, no matter what it is, you know, with probably few exceptions. So trying to balance, you know, giving them the amount of money, the headline and the reaction to deserve it. It's, it's literally, if if there's somebody that could actually 100% foolproof solve that, they're much smarter than I am. You know what I mean? So as a bane of my existence every year and we we spend we spend if i had a if i had a dollar for every minute you and i spent talking about who the fuck can we get the headline and and that's another thing i i because we're going to do a whole episode on bob bob has not only become one of my biggest supporters and someone who i help learn get into shows but bob is the ultimate consultant and he's the guy I go complain to because if you don't have someone to complain to, you have you have nothing. You need someone to kind of like go, can you fucking believe this? Or, you know, I can't even believe I can't get them for this. And I think there's got to be some lessons learned from you hearing me go through it all the time. You're like, I'm not dealing with that bullshit. Oh, one, 100%. Not like in a, like, a, oh, I'm just going to do the exact opposite kind of way. But just, you know, I've definitely paid attention to what's happened with you and things that we've spoken about and try to use that going forward to, you know, integrate into what, into what I do, you know? Now, you know, as we're rolling through these, this is the year I was here. This is the year. It was fucking (laughs) sick. I fucking loved it actually. (laughs) You know, like, and the funny thing is, is I'm the, on one hand, uh, just the first night, uh, not, not uh, excluding the pre-show, obviously, you know, just the first night I got to see bands, that I've seen at home, absolutely kill it. Um, payback, the fight, you know. Then I get to see um, <laughs> a band that now, because of FYA, we're booking them, we're putting out their fucking record. You know, I got to see MH Chaos in the flesh. So I, 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 I thank you for that, just that alone. And then, um, but just, dude, like standing there and watching that never-ending game set and then, Standing on the side and seeing how many people sing along for magnitude, it was like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, magnitudes. Another band, you know, like Three Knee Deep. That you know, I I met those kids when they were touring with their bands beforehand, and then I think they'd been a band for I don't even probably three weeks before I I asked them to be on the fest because I, I love the demo when it came out, and then just seeing them end up being able to do you know play right before Killing Time, kill it. And just hold their own was it was really fucking cool to see. So, you know that that's like a group of kids. There's North Carolina kids, like the Invoke kids, Magnitude kids that you know have always supported and come down. So being able to throw that support back and help them out, uh, I, I like doing that a lot. And then, I mean, 
I love when someone says on the internet, this is irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) It's always my favorite thing because it's like, I'm always like, is it though? Is it really irresponsible? But um, having that deal with the crowd, the minute, and and it's like typical to all hardcore shows, like Sunday at that thing, obviously Inclination had an insane reaction, one step closer, you know, but um, being on stage for Mind Force, it was the embodiment of what I think about a festival scenario when we're talking about everybody getting a reaction that wouldn't be from their hometown, like at an ex- exaggerative level because it's a bigger place. There's people from all over and the vibe was there. And right after mind Forest, the vibe just went, uh Oh, because three D deeps got straight up riot shields on the side of the stage. <laughs> and I was a part of a team that sole purpose was to make sure the PA speakers didn't get knocked over, which I was both frustrated and thought was hilarious. That like, of course <laughs> we're still fucking dealing with this, <laughs> but I, I, this to me looking at that fest overall um, and, and in general, all the things, this is a, this is something that you've curated and it's something that you understood specifically how to build bands up in the region, which is where you were talking about. And the region, obviously, as much as, you know, yeah, North Carolina isn't adjacent to Florida. But when you're doing them tours, it's just as easy for someone to go to North Carolina to play in Florida. Probably easier than trying to come up and play in the Northeast. Yep. And I think because you had that little intrinsic information from being down there for the, what was it, a year and a half, two years you were down there? Yeah, just about two years. Yeah, and that in that time frame, you understood literally like the like a, and i always say this word people think i'm laughing but like you understood how a touring uh, migration works and how it affects something like florida like it's not an easy thing to just show up and live in pennsylvania but do a fest in florida but i think because you live there and you understood why certain bands are more popular and then because you took the time to meet these newer bands as they were coming up you really curated something that really can only exist at fya and I mean, and I, and I mean that in the most purest form and that's, that is relative to all hardcore festivals. But since we're talking about FYA specifically, if I booked FYA bands in Philadelphia, it wouldn't work as well. And that's why, especially, and also another thing is anyone who books a show probably from Thanksgiving or even before Thanksgiving until at least the end of February is a fucking idiot in the Northeast from the amount of ice, snow, bad weather, holidays, football, yep. all this bullshit that's going on. But Tampa's untouched. Like Tampa's, I mean, even when it was a Super Bowl that weekend or somewhere that was supposed to be like, what was it? Was there some- Dude, there's fucking, I love football, obviously, but every fucking year it's, you know, the playoffs start that that weekend. It's like wild card weekend, uh, pretty much without fail. So it's, it sucks. It's like, I mean, luckily the, uh, this year, it's the the league went to seventeen games, so it'll just be the last week of the regular season. But you know, trying to to figure out what's going on with the game while trying to watch as many bands as possible, it's a fucking a shit show every time. That, that's like the only only real downside is that the timing's like just a little off. But you know, that's that's about as good as it's gonna get. Um, so like I was saying, you go ahead, you book a fest where. You know, you're not going to do it in California because they just had the, the toy drive. It's right after New Year's, so it's probably – there's people that probably go to vacation in California. 
but it is a fucking perfect opportunity for people from the East and anywhere to come down to Florida and some of the coldest things. And I think that another aspect to the fest that kind of goes unlooked at as if you wanted to draw someone to somewhere like Florida, what better time when it's freezing as shit or miserable or you have holiday time, right? Yeah, exactly that. And then, I mean, I will say that I think one of the first years we did it the day after Christmas, which was the worst fucking idea to ever happen. But uh, minus that, you know, especially early on when I was down in Florida and, you know, I didn't really see anybody from up here as much as I wanted to. I was like, well, fuck this shit. Like, you know, I'll do this, book my friends' bands, book bands from up north and and make people, you know, come travel down and at least be able to see, you know, my friends from back home for a weekend. You know what I mean? So I was a little selfish uh, for, for the reasoning for it, but I think it worked out for everybody. And I think everybody at this point, looks forward to getting the fuck out of the cold for a couple of days, you know, in January. So nah, it it was a blessing. I mean, I remember specifically getting to my car and fucking freezing, but I had the foresight to put a heavy jacket on in the car. So I knew like, okay, all I got to do is get off this fucking thing. And boom, we were set. <laughs> now, again, now we're back up to the present. For those of you who don't know shit about FYA, that was a 45 minute cursor, uh, precursor history. And now we're going to roll into FYA eight. So we're back. How was, uh, how was it now in, in constant in, in trying to keep the motivation of people to come into something like this, knowing all the precautions and all the thoughts that things could get canceled. Like where was your mindset at saying, fuck it, I'm still going for it. Just, uh, you know, as soon as things started clearing up at least a little, I started kind of, I was like, all right, well, we'll see how the next couple of weeks go. We'll see how the next couple of months go. And then, you know, I would just kind of hit people with a, with a quick text and be like, yo, if I were to do this, you know, would you be down? And pretty much everybody was so just ready to fucking play something after not playing in so long. You know, I had, I had very few people being like, ah, I don't know, like, we'll see how it goes. Um, there, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of hesitancy on people's parts. And I think people going back to earlier, I think people were so psyched to be able to have something to look forward to like this and to play, you know, something like this, you know, uh, ended up working out pretty well. I think that's one of the biggest things that I was worried about as well. You have to ask everybody like, Hey, by the way, if you don't want to, it's okay. Like it's, and it's not because you're not cool enough, but you don't want to feel insensitive to someone who may, whether they have families or whatever the reason for why they don't want to play during the pandemic stuff. But I also felt so many people being so excited that shows and things like this were happening. I mean, obviously with the barbecue show you put on, like there were people, hundreds of people that wouldn't have come in a non pandemic year just because they're excited about something. So I think the hope that you're giving people uh, with a festival starting off the beginning of 2022 that's the fucking energy that we need. And I'm excited that you pushed through and you didn't say, Oh, let me wait just in case. Cause I know the two summers I've had off from not doing this hardcore. I want to punch God in his fucking face. for it. <laughs> That's what, yeah. I mean, just seeing, seeing you be, you know, not straight up like upset about, but I mean, you're, I can definitely see the hurt in you not being able to do, you know, the thing you've been doing for fucking since 2006. And, you know what I mean? So I was just kind of like, all right, well, hopefully we can fucking do this shit in January. But, you know, so, yeah, like I said, there hasn't really been been anything uh, kind of pushing back on it or anything. So 
Awesome. I'm going to hit you with this one and we're going to laugh. <laughs> this is our cool ass intro music. Nah, I was just, I just wanted to do that to Bob. Um, since you sent me the list of bands alphabetically, we're going to go alphabetically through this. Unless you have a different way you want to talk about the bands. No, that's totally fine. All right. We're going to start off at the top. A band that I do know and I fuck with them heavily. Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, the the Hudson Valley guys, um, you know, we brought them down uh, for that Leeway show, the coldest show in recorded history in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, the coolest ever. <laughs> and, you know, because I've seen them, I heard the demo, I was like, this is pretty cool, I want to see it live to see how it translates, and then Payback, play with them in Long Island, and they fucking blew me away, and I was like, this band, if people know about this band and they see this band, I feel like... You know the reaction will just be the reactions just get progressively crazier. So yeah, they got a record coming out this year, I think. Um, hopefully, so I think by the time the festival is around, I think that's going to be pretty anticipated stuff for people. I'm going to describe them as life of agony with more balls, like heavier, yeah, in some regards. And Bob put me onto them. We put them on a show that was the very least attended show we've done with some pretty big names and overall disappointment. And when I was talking about doing the year of the knife record release, I knew we had it. We owed them and I wanted to have them on the bill and they fucking blew, they, they blew it up, man. It was fucking sick. It was sick. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the next band, um, all due respect. Um, they played their first show at the year of the knife record release party. Lumpy's in it. You want to talk about it? Yeah, they, they put out the demo and, you know, I try to, I know I only have a certain amount of spots every year. So I try not to go too crazy if I'm really into a demo or a band that comes out and just kind of, you know, put myself in check and just be like, all right, dude, if I just fucking every demo that comes out that I fuck with, if I ask them to play immediately, then it's going to get pretty, pretty crazy, pretty quick. So I like held off for a little bit and I was like, I'll see them if, if they are sick live, then I'll just say, fuck it. And then, their set, I mean, they opened with Killing Time. The rest of the set was awesome. And then literally as soon as the set was done, I was like, yo, if you guys want to play the fest, you know, just let me know. And, uh, yeah, just just hard-ass shit from, from New York with Lumpy and some other kids. And I, I think the fucking demo is awesome. So. You know, Justice hit me up and was like, yo, I saw this video. And for a minute, I thought that you was you on the vocals. And I was like, first I was like, wait, let me check this out. I'm like, all right, I don't feel too bad about that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I thought you were doing more of the shout thing now. And I'm like, damn. I guess he kind of looks like me. That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, you just hit me to these guys almighty watching. Talk about them. Kyle Nyland, who is in Glory, um, does every design of every shirt and flyer uh, in hardcore in 2021. Um, he also sings Now for Justice, who opened last year or played second last year, I think. Um yeah, I just he he was telling me that he has a new band and I'd probably be into because it, it sounded like Burn and you know Dismay and some other kind of shit. And I was like, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. And then he sent me the songs and the same kind of thing. Like he he sent it to me and I was like, I just want to put this band on right now, but I fucking can't do that. I was like, let's let's wait a little bit and see how I feel about it. And then so he did the the From Within comp song, the Triple B comp, and then they have a, a whole demo now. And then so I, yeah, I just. I love Kyle personally and despite what he thinks and uh, just, you know, the, the fact that the band's actually awesome. I was like, there's no way I cannot put this band on. So 
I, I literally, I originally asked him, I was like, do you want to play after show or the fest? Like, I, cause I want to have you on in some way. And then he's just like, uh, I can't make that decision. I was like, all right, fuck it. You're playing the fest. Like, I don't care. Nah, I mean, the comp track was a hit. I, I just, it's when you said dismay, you threw me all off. Like, this is a band that like, I could say that in 96, 97 and people are like, oh yeah, I fuck with them. It's crazy to think that that's like um, in the parlance now, but it's sick. And I, I, I'm and I and I know how you feel. You're like, I want to fuck with this band, but the next thing you know, it's sixty bands that are all bands I fuck with. But who who knows them? It's a, it's yeah, always yeah. a yeah. it's always a, a razor edge thing. You could put them on the bill. People may not fuck with them, and you might have wasted a spot for something else. Yep. This might be one of my favorite names, uh, just because it throws me off every time. Is be all end all. Yeah, South Florida, yep. Um, so they've been a band for a few years, kind of doing I don't it's it's not power violence, it's kind of just like some fast core shit. Uh and yeah, they they came up <laughs> as you remember, they did a weekend tour which was Doylestown, Pennsylvania, and I think they played Birmingham, Alabama the next day and then went yeah. home. <laughs> and which strategic, is strategic. <laughs> which is such a Florida band thing to do. Like they just do like like when LG came up for like a one-off from all the way from fucking South Florida, like that's just a thing that those bands do, which cracks me up. And, you know, they actually show so much to actually give a fuck and just want to play cool stuff. So, you know, they played dual sound with uh shadow realm and Dysphoria and all those bands. And I just love that band and they have a new record coming out. And, um, you know, the singer Toby's in a fucking, he's in every single pit, you know, for FYA. I, you know, I noticed him before he was in a band and I, I thought he had cool style. And then when I heard he had a band, I instantly checked it out. And I'm glad it, you know, it delivers. So yeah, they're they're one of the uh the better Florida bands right now. So I'm just like for them to come back. I respect heavily someone who can pit and also has a band. And I, I know that obviously arms crossed, standing behind the drummer, making sure you have a couple Instagram videos is what's cool at festivals. But there's nothing cooler than when you're looking at a fest and FYA, I should say, there were so many kids in bands in that pit when I was in there. That it was, it was, it was not heartwarming, but it was like, no, this is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the people playing that go the fuck off, you know? And so I'm glad that you uh, pulled them up. Now, Burn is Strong, I fuck with. And um, I think that they are, like we were talking about, like they're, they're, they're down there. So they don't get the same love if they were like a band up here, you know? Yeah, that's a band. I think if they actually tour and they were able to do like a magnet, like there are doing dates with magnitude and one step closer. If like if they could get in that realm and actually get out there and, and tour other spots, I think they would catch on. Um, you know, that's that's Pensacola kids, and then you know I always try to hook up. You know, because of living there and becoming friends with people there. You know, I just I want to show them I was appreciative for my time there, so I always try to hook hook up at least you know one Pensacola band and. Yeah, I, I love that band. I, I hope, you know, they catch on. Uh, it's kind of, I guess you call it just like melodic hardcore, but it's the good kind of melodic hardcore. And everybody in the band is, I mean, the singer's awesome. You know, Rob Goodspeed from MATP and the King of King of Pensacola plays in it now. And um, yeah, I just, that, that band's sick. So hopefully people catch on no more. I like this name. I checked these guys out. C4. Dude, they, so I finally, they put out a demo, I think just when uh, shit started last year, when the stupid fucking COVID shit started, and the demo cover had a dude smashing a guy in a Grateful Dead shirt, I believe. 
Yeah. (laughs) You know, just me personally, just because of people are so afraid to just say something that pisses people off or you can't say something sucks or you can't have like a strong opinion on shit and just be like, yeah, man, what the fuck are you doing? So just seeing that just like crudely drawn dude getting fucked up. I was like, all right, man, I need to see this band. And then, you know, time went on and I was like, fuck, I really hope they're not just like a band that kind of fades away and people, I never get to see them or anything. So then they put out an LP, which is even better than the demo. And it's not, I don't know. I don't know of another band that makes me laugh when listening to it, but also want to mosh like instantly. And then I seen them and Wilkes bear a few uh, weeks ago at the Warren record release and it was just the most chaotic, just shit show in the best way possible. And I, I love the vibe of the band. I think it's just fucking, it's just absurd is the only way to describe it. And then not in any kind of joke fashion. It's just, it's, it's a nice change from, you know, what most of hardcore is right now. So I, I fucking love that band. A, a band, <laughs> I'll be like the radio jockey, ready? <laughs> a band that really is getting heat these days. <laughs> Uh, dead heat, man. From that split from Mind Force up until uh, now, man, people really fucking got wise at them, huh? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like you know, when they put the demo out, I I, never, I didn't know anybody in the band at the time or anything, and I, I'm pretty sure I hit them up like instantly, and I was like, yeah, I fucking love your band. And then uh, MATP was doing, um, I can't remember what tour it was, but we played out in Cali, and they weren't on the show. And I was like, yo, if you guys can be at the show, just like take some of our set. Like, I just want to see you. And I don't know when I'll be able to see you again. And then, uh, so we gave them, you know, like 10 or so minutes out of our set, just literally selfishly. So I could just see the band. Cause I wasn't sure if they'd ever leave California or do anything. That's um, a fucking pimp move right there. So I was just like, and then they fucking played and it was fucking crazy. And yeah, they've only gotten progressively bigger and bigger. I mean, look at all their Cali shows, you know, their, their sound and fury set a couple of years ago it was like fucking insane. So I'm glad, you know, and, and a lot of bands like that, they have a lot of material at this point, but I was kind of, I was like, fuck man, I got another LP. I really hope it's good. And then I listened to it and it honestly might be my favorite thing they've done. It's and, their, uh, it's their superior thing they put out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad, you know, I feel like it's pretty rare for bands to put out their, their best stuff as, as they go on. So, you know, them actually being able to, to, to keep on putting out good stuff and, you know, their, their best shit possible is, is cool to see. My sister did a, 23 and me or one of them and as i've always known i would have a lot more scottish than my mom would like to believe <laughs> and so i love that you have my boys who also did a shattered realm set in leads with us up on this again talk to me about the spies and carter and his fucking sick obsession with the scottish band <laughs> they uh you know as as you also know my whole dad's side of the family was scottish so Finding out that Scotland had hardcore a few years ago. Hard as shit. Like, so honestly, the Jesus Peace kids, when they toured, like, yo, this band Servitude we played with is like pretty cool. We should bring them over sometime. And I checked them out and I was like, I was like, yo, this is kind of crazy, but I have no room on the fest, but I fuck your band. So if you want to come play the pre-show, you know, and come to the festival weekend, you know, I'm, I'm definitely down. And they didn't even ask any questions. They're like, fuck yeah, we're there. So ever since there, ever since then, you know, I've, I've, respected those kids a ton and, and I'm like kind of shocked at how much they support shit over here. And, uh, so, you know, when, whenever, you know, Ben, you know, they had the, they had morning, which is another sick band. And then, so I always want to include them in, you know, at least some capacity. And then, you know, when, when morning came over, I think is when Carter and then became friends. So when Ben had a new band, 
I, I, you know, same kind of deal. Like they put it out and I was like, yo, come over and play the fucking fest. I was like, I, I want you guys here anyways. You know, you got a new band, you got a new record, like fucking let's go. So yeah, it's, it's cool that for me personally, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really well versed in, in Scottish hardcore. So the fact that that shit exists, uh, you know, I'll always support it. They're going to have to bring you some by my hand shit that we played with them at the bar fly. There's this little girl. I don't, I, she had, she wasn't like four eleven, but she wasn't five, eight. She had a hoodie up and we're like standing there watching. I'm like, this is going to be sick. And you can see she's at like the side gimmick, but it reminded me of like nineties hardcore where the singers came out with the hood up. When they, when they opened up and she started screaming, I'm like, this is the goddamn devil. <laughs> and it was us and TRC from London, our boys and fucking uh, at this bar called the Barfly, And like, the, the you played in between like an area where like they would sit down, they moved a couple seats out of the way and the show was sick, but that band blew me the fuck away. And they had a record on Ruction records. They're another really cool Scottish band that we get to play with. And uh, as I said, despise was the UK uh, rhythm and guitars. So me and Tony could go out and play a show in Leeds and those kids are great. Um, Drain, which obviously just in a short amount of time, had gone from playing like the pharmacy here to playing this is hardcore, playing FYA, which is even crazy. And then what now they're on a, another label, they're blowing the fuck up. Like it's, I think it's gonna, I think this might be one of them sets that I think people are gonna go fucking insane for. Yeah, that's again, same thing. Uh, you know, like I said, I always try to, if, if people hit me up saying, I saw this band, you should check them out, I'll, I'll check them out no matter what. So, that's a band Jesus Peace was playing Cali and they're like, yo, you should check this band out. We played with them in their hometown. It was like fucking crazy in like San Jose. I was like, yes, please San Jose. And it was crazy. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I mean, if, if shows are popping in San Jose, that's sick. So I checked them out and then that was probably three, three years ago at this point, maybe a little longer. And then, cause uh, I really wanted to bring them out then. And I like, I was like, ah, you know what? I'll give them like another year to kind of put more shit out and kind of get some steam behind them. Um, so then actually getting able to do them on the fest and seeing the reaction and, you know, now they're on fucking epitaph. Um, yeah. And then, and they're those dudes, like, you know, usually when bands kind of have like a quick ascension, they can kind of turn it into a fucking dickheads or too cool for you or, Hey man, we, you know, just kind of just normal dipshit behavior. And, you know, they're super easy to deal with and we're super you know excited to play. So I think, yeah, the last set, was pretty crazy and i think this one will probably even top that so should be cool now here we go the first headliner we're talking about tonight you know i love this band more than anything in the world and not only do i love them more than anything in the world i love that in 2021 hardcore loves this band more than anything else motherfucking e-town concrete i am 14 year old me is in disbelief right now because you know that's one of the first bands that i was like upset straight up obsessed with you know i got time to shine and then second coming and i listened to it constantly and then you know especially in the early 2000s i feel like you were either on the side where you fucked with e-town or you fucked with like you know the faster you know bridge nine young blood whatever kind of shit like there's no crossover really but so it's kind of like I feel like most people, if they liked them, kind of had to keep that hidden. They were like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with that shit. But I was always unabashed about how much I actually fucking love this band. So, you know, when you, me and you had a conversation, you're like, well, what about E-Town? And I was like, fuck, that would actually fucking work. I was like, 
you know, kids definitely like them in the hardcore realm more than they have in a really long time. And then me selfishly, I get to fucking book that band and watch that band. And then, you know, again, that ant has no reason to be so cool and dealing with them. You know, if I was him, I'd be like, I mean, I don't, I'm not wasting my time with this bullshit, but him being super down to do it and come down to play. And I, I don't know when the fuck the last time they played Florida is. And, you know, it's getting to put them on the bill with, you know, a bunch of other hardcore bands. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely psyched for that shit. I'm glad it worked out. So got to thank I'm you. actually trying to do my best to make sure to bring his crazy ass to the castle. <laughs> I got to do it. I got to get on the castle. Uh, for those listening, E-Town Concrete, despite their, the way that the modern people look at hardcore bands that do not sound like you to today judge or like a man ball. If there were a band that I would say embodies hardcore spirit, drive, ability to have its own personality come out in music, it's it definitely is E-Town Concrete. Every single guy in that band at one point was moshing at shows while they were playing. Uh, I've been friends with them guys since they started with the Red Demo. I think Ant's like a year and a half, maybe two years older. I mean, it might be the same year or a year and a half older than me. And so, like, here here's this band that I saw as a demo. And, you know, you're, you know, now we're talking fucking long time later, <laughs> longer than some of these kids going that way are uh, alive. People have this idea that, like, because they have managed to take elements of hip hop and put them in the hardcore, that they might not be anything but a hardcore band or that they're not hardcore kids. And I can't I can't describe to you how incorrect that is. And so this is going to be fucking awesome. Uh now we're going to talk about our our sister our sister city to the south, Baltimore, and our boys in End It, my boy Akil. Dude, they so I did a show for them a couple years ago at the fire, uh, just because you know I always try to incorporate bands from other scenes and kind of make them feel like you know you should come to Philadelphia and people should fuck with your band and all that. And the whole time, dude, he's such a good frontman and has so much fucking personality. I was cracking up between songs he just took his shirt off was talking shit the whole time just being himself and literally instantly won me over and then uh because i thought the demo was awesome and that's another band they were kind of quiet for a minute and i was like fuck man i really hope this band doesn't you know call quits or just kind of kind of fall by the wayside with other shit so then they came out with a new thing i probably about a year ago at this point on a flat spot and as that's again the same that's probably the best shit they've done yet and that's another band, you know, they just stood towards Shackled and from all accounts, you know, people are going crazy in the different cities they're in. So that's a band that, you know, they're super catchy. You know, they're just, I think in front of a, a bunch of people, they're going to win a lot of people over. And I think the set's going to be pretty crazy. I I couldn't agree more. And if you want to sit outside a show and talk shit, Akil's a heavyweight champ of that. And he's yeah, one of my favorite people to run into. He had me laughing my ass off for just five minutes when you did that record swap in October. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, there, there's so many, so much in hardcore now that's just you know the the manufacturing line front man that just goes out there says, "Hey, what's up with this band? This, this, and that." So anytime somebody actually has you know charisma and like a fucking personality and a good one at that, I, I fucking I love that shit. So now. God's Hate's been around a long time. They played uh, United Blood and a bunch of stuff. And, you know, they you know they come out here. But I think maybe it was COVID. 
maybe it was the young brothers not having so many other hats to wear musically, but that record when it dropped in the pandemic, people went absolutely fucking ape shit for. And I know as a best promoter and as a promoter in general, there is nothing more, not only important, but great when you get a band like a God's hate, when they drop a record like God's hate. So I'm fucking psyched that you got them on the bill. And I think that this is their time to shine. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) I had to try that. I've never did that before. Yeah, you definitely didn't have that fucking lined up. Your finger wasn't on the trigger for the last hour waiting to fucking to make a joke. Right? <laughs> as soon as you get to E-Town, one or two people yeah. after, you can hit with it. I don't yeah. give a fuck. There have been, yeah, like, I mean, you know, at this point, they played FYA fucking five years ago, the the last Robin Mob show. And then they were kind of dormant for a while. And I was like, oh, you know, Nate's wrestling now. You know, uh, Taylor and Colin have other shit going on. Who knows if they're even going to do anything. So then they put the record out, and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. I was like, definitely, again, the same thing with some other bands where we talked about, just by far the best thing they've done. And I kind of, I think, kind of fully realized what they're what they're trying to do as a band. And, you know, th- that's the set that I think is going to be the one that, you know, it's like, oh, nobody's safe in the God's heap, you know, that, that kind of shit. So I feel I have... Pretty pretty high expectations for that set. I think they're going to be because you know they haven't really played that much either on the record, so that's the first time they're getting through Florida. So yeah, that's going to be ridiculous. I will be ready in the triage unit to the front of the <laughs> building during their set. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the weird band that only exists because FYA. Explain how one fat. Absolutely, sometimes the most lovable, sometimes the most punchable friend of yours, who I've grown to love and want to choke at the same time, Matt Carl, ends up not only being in a band again, but he ends up being in one of like the bands that every kid loves with members that live nowhere near Philadelphia. <laughs> it's, uh, if you would have told me in like 2020 or whatever that this would exist and be a thing. I would be like, what the fuck is going on, man? So they, he would, he told me about the band for a while because you know, him and Tyler and Will were talking about doing a demo and all this shit. And he's like, yeah, we got a band. It's called fat fuck. And I was like, no. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm not listening to a band called fat fuck, man. I was like, that's a, tar- a terrible gimmick. I was like, I, I, I will never listen to that. I think he thought I was joking, but I was being dead serious. Like I'm not, I'm not listening to fat fuck, bro. So, when they actually uh, changed their name to a respectable name and, and dropped the fat fuck gimmick, uh, <laughs> I was just like, well, it's Carl. We'll, we'll see. You know, I, I, don't, I did not expect people all over the world to be clamoring for a Matt Carl appearance. But, you know, I love the kid to death and fucking, you know, he is my former landlord. So I got to, you know, throw respect on him for uh, giving me a place to live at some point. But, um, yeah, he's just a guy, you know, he, he's he's in the squad. I'm glad he's actually getting his turn to play the, you know, play FYA. And, you know, ever since, uh, you know, Detain, I, you know, me and Will have been real good friends. So I'm glad that, you know, he's getting to play again. And, and uh, yeah, that's – I feel like they kind of got shortchanged at the, at the barbecue because of, you know, whatever fucking circumstances. So being able to see them at a fest, uh, a fest setting I think is going to be pretty crazy. I uh, got to sing on the on the demo drum. 
I uh, was busy, so I did not see them at the barbecue. I watched the videos. Um, one time, I one time me and Matt Carl went on one of the typical Joe missions that don't make any sense, <laughs> and we had a bonding moment where he told me his uncle used to manage the band live. <laughs> that, that's, that's a big selling point for him. His his uncle man is man is live. He never brings it up, so you would never. No, know. never. So it's always super fucking funny. But um, also big shout outs to him who got as a union apprenticeship in the electricians. Yeah. Which means this band will probably be short lived because my man's gonna work. But no, I, I'm excited to see Gridiron at FYA. Now, what really fucking gets me pissed the fuck off is that when people like yourself and myself do something like a festival, the internet takes its weird turn and they take one specific moment. And it gets exploded into this big, stupid fucking thing. And it was the Gulch hoodie. The Gulch hoodie at FYA. (laughs) And I was there. I don't even like the gimmick that the gimmick that came out is so bigger than the actual event. And the people in the live, I have to say it's just because people listening in the live actual real life. No one really made that big of a deal. It was like, Hey, you know, during a goat, I'm like, what do you mean? Oh yeah. There's people waiting for the merch. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> you know, like that's it. That's weird. And yet it became an internet thing. But the bigger thing is that I, I, you know, like you, Jesus peace goes on that tour. They post videos of drain. They post videos of Gulch and I was just floored. And so Chris had booked drain at the pharmacy and I went down and talked to them and I'm like, yo, you guys got to play. This is hardcore. And that set still just cracks me up. I think I watched it. I show it to people when people go, what's up at your fest? Just because it's funny. And I remember being with a bunch of the jujitsu guys. And when someone got the double leg takedown on stage and it was Corey, everyone was psyched and it was chaos. <laughs> but, you know, if they, and this is what pissed me, this is what I'm getting to my long, my long winded thing. If this fucking band was just hype, it would have lasted a single summer. But, I think Gulch has only grown in people. And I think that Gulch figures a way to embody the stuff that we talked about singers that aren't charismatic people that stand behind bands with their arms. folded. there's so much banal, boring shit that's attached to a hardcore in a live setting that when you see Gulch, it's the complete antithesis of all that. It's insane balls of energy music that, people wouldn't be able to argumentatively copy easy, which is another thing that happens in hardcore a lot is the carbon copies and the bands that sound very similar. And so the fact that Gulch is still making people pop, the fact that Gulch is still, you know, like not only a fucking band that everybody wants to see, but like, I already know that everyone is going to be ready for when Gulch plays in January. Yeah. They, you know, a lot of hardcore is just, you know, heavy shit or mosh parts and, you know, it can kind of get, you know, repetitive after a while. So them just existing and them being as big as they are is fucking awesome to me because, you know, there's some times where I'm like, man, that's the only shit everybody's going to like forever now is the fucking heavy stuff. So, you know, them actually being like a fast band, you know, with, with parts that aren't just your, you know, your typical mosh parts and all that stuff. Uh, they obviously don't sound like fucking Ceremony, but the energy with them reminds me of when Ceremony started popping, you know, in like 05, 06, I guess. And, you know, it's not exactly the same vibe, but it's just, it's cool to see. And that's another band that, you know, since it is people from Drain also, like, 
I mean, you know, Golds could be on any label they want. They can get any guy to book their shit. They can do literally whatever. They have their choice, but they book their own shit. You know, you talk to them directly. They fucking, they print their own stuff. You know, they, they keep it more real than, you know, 95% of bands. And that's fucking awesome to see because, you know, everybody's already trying to skip four steps at every time and just get to the top of the ladder, whatever that is. And they're just, you know, actual hardcore dudes doing, you know, one of the most DIY bands going right now, in my opinion. So it's, it's, I'm glad they have the success that they have. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. When we talk about podcasts or we talk on the podcast about the bands, a lot of people don't realize how many fucking bands on these bills and these different festivals are trying to get away from doing shit themselves. Yep. <laughs> what what else can I not do myself? Can I get a manager? Can I get a booking agent? Can I get someone to print all my merch? Can I, you know, like, you know, if they had horse gone carriages, they probably could pay for them. It's, <laughs> it's that fucking level of nobody wanting to do the work part that infuses the band to what they're doing. And so when a band who sells an insane amount of hoodies and, you know, every time they post something on the internet, gets all the metrics that you would want kind of, you know, disavow the natural progression of, Oh, I guess we're big. We need somebody. And so say, fuck it. We could do it ourselves. And like, yo, homeboy Elliot is a fucking carpenter on job sites, you know, like working class. These are good working class kids. They love their band. They do it for all the right reasons. So I'm glad that people are still behind them. And I hate when anyone says that they're a hype band because they're the real shit. Yeah. It's, it's the most dismissive out of touch bullshit thing to say. What's up with Ingrown, man? Boise, Idaho. Um, they had a demo. I think it was called Meathead a couple years ago. I might maybe song on it called Meathead. I'm, I'm kind of forgetting, but it's just super hard shit that at the time kind of reminded me of Think I Care. Just like real angry, just like pissed off shit that uh, kind of I was caught me attention obviously because it's from fucking Idaho, and I did not expect to be on. I got to be from there. Um, even though you know there is a lot of hardcore kids from there and all that, but th- this band is like. I fucking love this band and they just did a new, I was, I was wanting to do them a year or two ago. And then I kind of, I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't really know if they're ready for it yet. And then they put out a record recently. And as soon as the record came out, I was like, fuck it. Like this record's awesome. There's, they've been, it's just an extension of what they did in the demo. And then I feel like they could play and uh, have like last year we had a band fuming mouth that I kind of put, I was like, we'll see if kids actually care about this. You know, I think this band's sick, but I don't know if it's going to translate. And they smoked it, so I think Ingrown could be the uh, the fuming mouth kind of set of this year. Well, I mean, again, back to that, just that fucking sentence. Yeah, I fucked with them two years ago. No one knew about Ingrown two years ago. Yeah, that's the cool. I'm not saying that to be like, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, that's the epicness of like the way that you go deep. You're like Doctor Claw sitting there drinking Doctor Pepper, listening to demos, keeping track. Like, all right. Maybe in a year or so, this band from Idaho will be ready. <laughs> and uh, now nah, they're fucking sick. I think that it's cool that representation beyond the two coasts and a couple Midwest things get out there. I played Boise. I played Pocatello. Um, and there's something special about when you're a band that plays a town that doesn't get tours all the time, that the fans of the people playing are really out there. They buy the merch. They come up, they say hello, and they're just excited to see bands that aren't from their area. So I think that's a cool move on your part. Now, how do you really say this name? 
I was also wondering it, but I believe it's actually Koyo. So it is Koyo. Yeah, I didn't know if I just sounded like a fucking dipshit whenever I talked about them, but I, I saw the video and Joey says we're Koyo. So if that's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, because we got the Philly accent, so we could fuck up anything. If it's got vowels, we're fucking it up. I mean, yeah, it's incendiary. Yeah, I, still to this day, the worst. I, I don't know how to say it. I'm a fucking chooch. What do you want to tell you? Um, so this band is from Long Island. They have deep ties in hardcore, but their style is going more in the poppier elements. And quickly, they kind of went from something that you said, hey, I'm going to do this show at the fire. I'm going to put this band on. I looked at the name and said, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> and then we checked them out and I'm like, all right, this makes sense. You're like, yes. And then all of a sudden they're on that no pressure thing and they're doing everything. And these are the bands that come with all the, yeah, we got to watch out. There's going to be a lot of people getting kicked in the face going God's hate. I think Koyo's going to have one of them crazy sets for all these younger kids who love this shit, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I never want it to be any one type of thing on the fest. You know what I mean? I, don't, I just don't want mosh parts for seven hours straight. I, I don't want glass beats for seven hours straight. You know what I mean? So having a band that, you know, you can just sing along to, and you know, there's definitely a line that I'll never cross with uh, booking a band like this. I think Koyo is on the right side of the line. There's definitely bands that I would just never fucking do in a million years because um, I wouldn't be able to look at myself. But you know, I actually do love the band. Um, you know, I love the record, I love the demo. So I'm psyched for them to to get down to Florida and then, uh, you know, have a, a different vibe from you know a lot of the other bands. Talking about other vibe, I, I think it's amazing when things that we do impact anyone outside of our area, let alone the country. But the fact that you're doing something and a band from Japan wants to be a part of it just speaks volumes about the power of hardcore. Um, lay lay down how you end up deciding to have cruelty on the bill. Cruelty, I don't even know how the fuck I, again, it might have been Jesus Peace playing in Japan with them or, you know, some band playing them and they posted the video and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, everybody's just wearing masks, you know, pre, pre-COVID masks and uh, just looking crazy as fuck playing heavy ass shit. So I, I checked them out and I was like, fuck man. So I hit them up. I was like, yo, if, if I don't know how feasible it is to get over here, but if you guys can ever get over here, you know, I've, I, that's one thing I've never done is have you know, represented a band from over there. And I think you guys would be a great first one. So if you, if there's any way you'd be down and then, yeah, literally pretty much instantly they're like, fuck yeah, we're down. And this is, so I was at some point I was actually going to do the fest last year and they were down for it. And then obviously shit went to hell. So I was like, yo, if, you know, whenever shows can happen again, yeah, you know, I, I, there's no way I'm doing this without you guys. So that was one of the, I think they might have actually been the first, the first band I confirmed for the one that didn't happen. And then the first band I asked when I knew I was going to do it again. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited for them to come over and just bring their crazy shit over here and just have people's jaws drop. You know what I mean? I like that. You're like, all right, let's start booking this thing. Yo, get the band from Japan. (laughs) (laughs) But I do some crazy shit. But I need them. So yeah. Like once certain place, it's all going to fucking go downhill. (laughs) Um, Life's question has been on the bill before, right? Yep, they played the last time. And this is a band that Midwest, but Baltimore, people are popping for them. Uh, give me the rundown. Yeah, you know, just uh, they basically all live in Philly now. I think mine is a drummer. 
um, throughout all the shows. I, I've, I, that's another band that I had no idea who the fuck the people are were before I, I you know, I really fucked with them. And uh, AC actually, I think maybe even been one of the first people that I talked to about how how good they were. And uh, yeah, I just I love everything they've done so far. And I know they got an LP coming. Hopefully, it's out by by the time the fest rolls around. Um, yeah, and then yeah, they pretty much every time they play, the set's going to be good, and and people are going to be psyched for it. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they can at least have some kind of new shit out before the fest, and you know, switch it up and and show people what their new shit's going to be like. I mean, the coolest thing about hardcore is that at a certain time, an entire band can move to a city to make their claim. And, you know, I think American Nightmare, besides one or two members, sort of were like not all from Boston, but then all like centered in Boston. Time and time again, that happens in bands in the way that they grow. And so them moving here has made it a lot easier for them to be local to play some of this shit. So it's awesome that now they represent Philly on the fest, which is a thing that we love about FYA is so many of our bands go down there and get crazy reactions, you know? Yep. Uh, I don't know, man. I think of straight edge and I think of straight edge hardcore that gets mad corny. And I think of straight edge hardcore that is like the 17th time someone's trying to be like chain of strength. But then I see something like magnitude at FYA and I'm like, all right, there's people that could still take straight edge hardcore, put it in the right context, and it has a modern approach while still staying true to what I believe straight edge hardcore looks and sounds like. And that is 100% what magnitude to me is. Yeah, like uh, like I was saying earlier, like, as soon as they put their demo out the first year, I said, you need to play. And then I don't think I've done a fest without them since. I, I As long as they're a band, you know, I, I don't want to because – you know, with a band like this, I feel like it's very easy to just be full of shit and just say stuff and not actually care about what you're saying and just kind of up there, just kind of, you know, just bullshitting. But I really think that, you know, Russell and, and the other dudes in the band actually truly give a fuck about what the band's about and the things they say. And, you know, I, I fucking love them. And they're one of the most sincere bands in hardcore to me. And I'll always put that above pretty much anything else as long as you actually give a fuck. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the last record they did was their best shit by far. And, I, you know, I know, again, I know they got a new thing coming, hopefully. So, yeah, I can't wait to see uh, what the reaction is this year. Because every, every fucking year, it's just like, Jesus Christ, that fucking magnitude set. You know what I mean? So, No, they definitely held it down and made it really hard to follow. Um, you start off and talk about our friends, Multiple Homefront Chaos. That's, uh, yeah, again, that's like a demo that I saw. And then I was like, dude, this name is fucking crazy. I got to see what the hell's going on with this. And I, I probably sent it to like 50 people that fucking first day. I was like, have you heard this shit? Like, it's like, I don't, I don't understand what the fuck's going on. It's like the craziest band I've heard in like a while. It's, it's literally just like, it's like neglect lyrics over just fucking like a Castle Heights band musically, I guess. I don't even fucking know how to describe it, but you know, it's super catchy, chaotic, not to, play off the you can hit the the drum roll for that part but uh hold on oh i deleted it fuck oh you son of you fucking cock i got that one though yeah you gave me you gave me the seventh inning instead that's cool fuck that was so bad you guys got to take a break that was fucking shitty (laughs) fucking terrible at this (laughs) anyways the band is fucking sick uh they played last year and i I, you know i was just like 
We'll see how it goes. I, you know, I think if people actually see them, they would fuck with it. And then the set was just fucking ridiculous. Like I, I watched like from from the side and the back a little bit, and it was just fucking the whole time was just nonstop craziness. And they, I feel like they'll only get they're only getting bigger and better. So I was moshing with a broken hand wrapped up in ace bandage because <laughs> I physically could not contain myself. <laughs> Yeah, I saw you. I was like, you son of a bitch. I was like, I fly you down here. I feel like I ruined your life because you broke your fucking hand. And now you're you're tempting fate even more. <laughs> hey, man, listen. There's a lot of bands that say they sound like if I had a dollar for everyone's like, yeah, I'm doing this like neglect thing. And it's not, you know, like there's always there's always young kids who are and excited about old stuff. And they try to like, you know, we're doing the kickback thing. And you're like, are you, though? Like, but they're, they're, they're intrinsically, their riffs are intrinsically tied to bands that I grew up going off for. So it's like a younger band from a city that I love Chicago. And and they just, like you said, it's amalgamation of like the right sounds. And also for those listening, MH chaos are kind of not playing at their full potential. They're all musically insanely talented. So like this is like this is their goon band. So they're kind of like, oh, we're not gonna go full shred here. And you hear it, especially remember that um the comp the first comp the first one scene. It was literally the drummer sounded like he had fucking twenty five arms. Yeah, that's why I say like don't sleep on them. Like they play this shit, but that's not like the even that's not even half of their power. <laughs> um, so I fucked with Living Laser hard, and we had him on after shows. No matter what we did, we couldn't make Le- Living Laser cool to young kids. Mm-hmm. And then you you put me on to the demo, and then I put them on a show at Underground Arts. And then Mind Force has slowly become probably not only like the band that I fuck with the most out of this modern era, but like a band that if I want people to be like, when old, I got a lot of older friends like, hey, what, what's cool stuff that's coming out now? They got the 95% rating. I send this to someone, they're like, yo, this shit's fucking good. <laughs> you know, like where, where some people may not fuck with MH or some of the other bands we've already talked about. If you're an older cat or, you know, it, you're going to, you're going to resonate heavily with mind force, but also the young kids really go off. And I think half of it is because, uh, JP to, uh, really only grew to be about 14. In, uh, and then it hasn't started growing since like probably his second year of high school. <laughs> So people are kind of thrown off like, oh, what's this little kid doing in this band with these old guys? <laughs> I'm just fucking with Jake. Yo, because of the shows, and actually it was at it was at FYA that I became friends with his his uh his daughter and now like boys with his wife, like those are my people. That's one of those bands that another Bob Wilson find. And I gotta tell you, standing on the side of the stage when they played was like holy fuck like that was the cool that's the coolest time that i had seen them until they played in philly and homeboy just put the mic out and the whole crowd do the words i'm like ah it's gonna be one of them sets huh (laughs) fucking fantastic yeah they uh yeah you know like i did them in the burbs you know again same thing like the fucking demo came out and i couldn't stop listening to it showed it to everybody i was like i don't understand how this shit's so good and you know you listen to the shit once and you know every fucking word which is like pretty hard nowadays. I feel like, you know what I mean? To have shit that is retained by people. And then, yeah, like them defeating the odds and actually being a band of older guys and 
it just shows how good they they actually are that they're able to to convert younger kids into liking them, you know, and, and jaded guys into liking them. And like, they're the most universally liked band in hardcore probably for good reason. And it's, it's awesome seeing them, you know, those dudes have been fucking grinding forever, you know, doing bands, you know, going to shows. And, you know, I, I seeing a band like that actually get, you know, recognition and, and blow up to the way they have and still being so cool about everything and, and willing to do shit. It's fucking, it's awesome to see. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, moment of truth. What's the deal? South Florida kids is basically elegy with a different singer. Uh, the kid who plays bass and see the pain sings. And this fucking dude is like me in 2008 minus 20 pounds. Still like he is a scrawny motherfucker and you would never know it by the vocals. Like you sound like the fucking devil. Um, and it, yeah, super heavy shit. Uh, people, they played an after show last whenever the, the last one was. And I think they open with no retreat is the cover. And then people are like, dude, what the fuck? Like that was insane sounding. And uh, so they got an LP coming. I'm from within and I'm real psyched for that. And that's just one of the most, the heaviest bands of the fucking weekend. And uh, that should be, that's one of the better Florida bands right now. <clears throat> one of the better Florida bands right now. And uh, yeah, I'm psyched for people all over to be able to actually catch them live. Finally. I was in that small ass club in the back hanging out with the MH boys and uh, they got on and I couldn't because we were in the venue. We're like in some room that's next to the bar, but behind. So I had to like tiptoe to go, who the <laughs> fuck is that? Because it literally sounded like Beelzebub. I'm like, this motherfucker's hard. Not one of them was 150 pounds, but it was cool because there's so many whack singers now that try to sing hard and are terrible at it. Yeah. That I, I'm always impressed when someone still got it. <laughs> and so, um, we talked about them already, but, uh, never ending game, man. Jesus Christ. That's another band that the FYA touch came in, you know, like we talked about from detain into this. And, uh, you built these guys up, man. I know that you don't like hearing that, but I think the perfect timing, the, the moment of a lot of people, young kids checking these guys out at FYA, really built this band up to be a very popular, like a fucking powerhouse and hardcore right now. Yeah. They, uh, they hadn't even played a show yet when I, I was like, yo, come to Florida play FYA. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like what you guys need from me? Like you need to play. Like, I don't want to do the fest without you. And they played it. They crushed, um, you know, the same way with you, like you always want to put bands in the best position. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to, if they're on like the third tour, of a fucking record cycle or they haven't had new stuff in a while or whatever. You know what I mean? So I, I was kind of like, fuck, I really want them to play, but I don't really know, you know, the record's a couple years old at this point. And then, you know, they're doing the new EP now. And so I think the timing's really good for that, you know, and uh, so the new record plus people, you know, they only played fucking like six shows off the last record. So there's still a lot of people who probably still haven't even fucking seen them. So that's going to be one of the, the uh, most insane sets, I think. Again, we will have triage in the front. Come find me. I'll red, I'll red cross stickers up. Uh, you booked a show in uh, Southwest Philadelphia. And you brought my ass out to it because it was the first payback show. And I, it's like I came for the payback show and I stayed for the turning point cover. And I didn't even know what was going to happen. But this band, One Step Closer from Wilkes Bar, man, they really just, they really took off. And, uh, it's cool that you can still get them to play now because God only knows 
where where the career of this band could go. Yeah, they, you know, Philly and Wilkes-Barre, you know, at least in my time being in bands and, you know, coming around, like, we always went to Wilkes-Barre. Wilkes-Barre kids always came here. And, you know, I always liked including Wilkes-Barre bands in the fold here and, you know, all the, you know, TK, Nate, all them kids always, you know, and Matt Wren always brought Philly bands up to Wilkes-Barre. So when I moved back, you know, I really wanted to include them because I feel like that was something that was lost with younger kids doing shows or, you know, doing bands and all that. So I went to a show in Wilkes-Barre. Um, I don't even remember who the fuck, maybe it was Division of Mine or something was playing. And one step closer opened and I was like, dude, what the fuck was that? Like I was, I did not expect that at all. You know what I mean? And uh, it blew me away. And then I realized I had booked the singer Ryan's band when he was 15 at uh, the Voltage with Beware and Outer Heaven and Mindset, which is just kind of crazy that it, I didn't realize it was him at the time. So him still being in, in a band and then it being that crazy, uh, I was I was really excited to uh, start including them and shit. Uh, they played an after show at FYA a few years ago. We're like super excited to come down and they, they fucking crushed it. And then uh, they've only gotten bigger and bigger. And I think with the new LP, especially, I think they're going to blow the fuck up. And, you know, so I'm, there's pretty big things ahead for that band. So I'm glad they're going to be part of the fest. My boy Mike's got this Pain of Truth band. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think they're, I think they could become something. Yeah, that's it. That was like, over quarantine, they were probably, you know, one of the MVPs. Like, they, they put out their record, and then, you know, I don't even have a fuck. I haven't had a record player in probably 14 years. And then Lumpy put out them records, and I fucking ordered one, uh, ordered a fucking shirt. Like, I, I, I was like a fanboy of this fucking band. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they're coming down to, to fucking play. And, you know, they've still played at this. By the time they play this, they, they will do like a mini tour, but, you know, they really wouldn't be out that much, so their first fest set and all that shit. So it's going to be pretty popping, I think. No. And again, you know, um, a lot of these bands that came from COVID were just because people still had ideas. And I think because the world slowed down just enough, you know, there are records that never were released because labels were afraid if a band didn't tour them, they wouldn't get the same response. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a big misstep for some of them where, you know, I feel like the records, like the God's Hate, specifically, um, Dead Heat. I mean, a lot of these bands that have shit that are going to be out on uh, out of the fest. I think that they are the stars from that because people at home they got the time, they got the if they got the unemployment, they got the extra money, you know. And I think that that's really cool that bands instead of like hiding and going, oh, no one's going to care because we can't play. It was cool to see bands pump it up. I mean, like you know, uh, not that they're on the bill, but. You know, Jay's uh, Pillars of Ivory is a great example. You mm-hmm. know, like, fuck it. He's got the time. So now I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, why don't you start off about Payback? Payback is, <laughs> if it was anybody else singing in Payback, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck is happening with this shit? But Keith believes every single fucking word that he says and is the most, you know, dude that just hardcore is his entire life and he lives for the shit and then him being able to do a band that's worthy of him all these years later, you know, um, it's kind of like, sold off. Wasn't <laughs> so it was, oh, man, it was, it was, <laughs> it was not great. We, we wanted to hook it up. It was just, the songs just weren't there, but you could tell he were like, there's something with him. You know what I mean? Like he, this dude needs a fucking mic and he needs a front of band. So 
him actually being able to, you know, he's put in time in every pit since fucking like 2004 or whatever. So him actually, you know, getting that paid, oh, God damn it, dude, paying him back for, I fucking hate myself for all, all the time and effort he's put in hardcore is fucking awesome. And, you know, they'll have the new LP by then. And, you know, there's, I'm glad they represent Philly as well as they do. And, you know, being a straight edge hardcore band and just everything about the band's great. And I'm fucking psyched for them. Well, one of the things that when people are like, uh, I literally, I really, I can't, I, I really truly believe that there's moments where Keith just goes into channeling old dirty bastard, like in the moment in mystery, <laughs> mystery of chess, chess box. And he just starts shouting shit out. And you don't know what he's saying or what he's saying. And you just catch some of the word like, come on, represent. You're like, what the fuck is he saying? Yeah. I don't but, know what the fuck he's talking about half the time. He's a loose cannon, but I don't know what he's saying, but I know he means whatever he's saying. Yeah, whatever he's saying, he's in on it. But uh, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> Shout out to Ratlung for for actually believing what he says. Well, as a member of the Payback Mafia, I support this band. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how bummed you were when I, we sent you the "You Are No Longer in a Mafia" video? Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" I think we just ruined his fucking life. We got to fucking make sure he knows he's not out. So the last show of the fest at FYA was at this small bar we'd be talking about. And um, I told Bob I would hold, I, we would hold me and um, I think it was me and Evan or me and Keith, Kevin would hold down the door because it was sold out. So I'll tell people they can't come in. And we're on the, we're at the front door hanging out. And Kevin Hare grabs me. He's like, they're about to go on and play. I went, what? He's like, payback, motherfucker. (laughs) We bum rushed through the whole entire small crowd just to mosh for like two payback songs. (laughs) I just remember Kevin Hare being so psyched. But also, I also remember fucking people up in that small uh, Southwest show for paybacks for a show. Uh, You you may have uh, put my Iverson jersey or my MB jersey over my head and blindsided me. I did do that. <laughs> there are boys. We love them. Uh, now, obviously, we fuck with uh, Carlos pretty hard. He came up here from South America. Uh, I saw that video that Sonny posted at Raw Brigade in New Jersey and was just mind blown. Yeah, dude. Every show they play in fucking, specifically in Jersey, it's like, they, they're probably like, I don't know, their sets are always just insane there. Um yeah, honestly, yo, of, of all of all this shit, you put me on to Raw Brigade, and I'll give you endless credit for that. You, know, you hit me up like, yo, I think you actually fuck with this band called Raw Brigade. They're playing the Fest. I was like, what the fuck is Raw Brigade? And then I seen them play the Fest, and I was like, holy shit! Like they they straight up blew me away. And I'm glad that wasn't you know that wasn't it for them because I was kind of aware. I was like, fuck, man, this is probably like their first only time up here. You know, I'll never hear from them again. And then they've only gotten bigger and, you know, and, and more of a following ever since. And then, you know, them actually live in, living here now, most of them, you know, I'm glad that, you know, they were probably so passionate about the shit down in Columbia. And then, you know, how the fuck are you supposed to make people know that you're a band and, you know, you're actually into all this stuff. So them getting, uh, you know, the recognition and getting to play in front of people and play the crazy shows they have. And, you know, it being more of a, a punk hardcore band for the fest, you know, everything about it, you know, I'm just, I'm really excited for them to be able to come down and play finally. Nah, I couldn't agree with you more. It sucks when there's so many talented 
amazing bands from not a part of our country, not even like, and fuck Canada. You might as well just be our stupid little brother upstairs. <laughs> so I don't even count Canadian bands, but like, you know, there's a lot of bands that Americans just don't even give a fuck to pay attention to. And so because of the youth today reunion, I ran into them guys and they said, you know, we love to play. And he sends me the tracks and I'm like, yeah, we're fucking doing this, baby. <laughs> you know, like we're fucking doing this. Yeah, and I mean, then, yeah, uh, it wasn't for you. Yeah, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have the records out. They wouldn't have done the tours they've done. So I'm glad that you're able to bring them over and show them the people. It's like part of what FYA and this is hardcore does is want to expose people to bands and expose bands because, you know, you and I both grew up touring and our lives changed precipitously being involved in hardcore. And so it's kind of in a, we're, we're overly privileged as American hardcore people. We're overly privileged as Americans. And then you take just the hardcore aspect, it's even more so. And it's so hard because even with, it's like even with our ability with the festivals that we have and the connections we have, it's hard to make any band outside of the country well-known to Americans. And so I'm glad that you're, you're putting them down, man. They're going to have a great set. Uh, I love Shackled because of you. <laughs> you put they, me on uh, them. I mean, yo, they... At a certain point, I was kind of like, you know, the, the there wasn't a lot of locals. Um, and then in Jersey, it was kind of dry and like other shit. And I was like, I'm, I was like, dude, I, I want to incorporate other other people into the scene and, you know, make them come to Philly and, you know, re- realize that, you know, we fuck with their bands and all that shit. So they put out their demo and I was like, I have no idea who the fuck these people are, but I'm going to put them on and see what go see what happens with it. And they fucking played the same. I think it was also the the ended Dead Heat show. I think at the, the yeah. Five. And I was like, holy fuck! You know, they had their whole squad going crazy. Um, Dylan, fucking, it just looks. He's a giant motherfucker. So him on the mic, and then he's a real good frontman. And then, uh, yeah, from then I, I'm pretty fucking glad because uh they, they've they played so many good philly shows and helped the scene out so much and connected so many people and just have been really good you know obviously they're not from philly but half of them fucking live here now so i'll count it and all the kids are great and uh yeah i mean they, they've they've crushed it around here for so long and now they got the lp coming so they're gonna be gonna be out supporting that shit and then uh you know getting them to actually come down to play and, you know, I think they're pretty psyched. So I'm glad to be able to, you know, pay it forward for all the help they've done for us locally and just in general with connecting people and all that. Uh, for me, I just think of kids that are still excited about being asked to play shows. Yeah. When I ask them to play a show, they don't give me like, the, well, who's playing? Or let me get my manager. They're like, yo, okay, cool. Let me let me find out what's going on. They might say, hey, who's on it? And I'll say, oh, they'll go, oh, shit. We're, you know, like. They're very, they're very thankful for the position that they've earned mm-hmm. and they're really growing. And, um, likewise, everything you said, I, I totally agree on, um, not so much this next band, you know, <laughs> I think, um, I think Dom, I think Dom needs to work a little harder. <laughs> I give Dom so much shit. Uh, remember he had like this one spin kick and this hard kick. And I told him you got to build, get more moves. Like, I don't know what it is about Dom, but I like breaking Dom's balls. But uh, uh, unbelievably, the band that I thought, because Dom was in it, that would be ass, end up being like one of the most vicious bands from all the area. Even despite the fact that they're from Delaware, I, I like I can't not fuck with Simulacra. And 
it's such a weird sounding band name that I was kind of concerned that people would be like, I can't say that. I'm like, uh, like uh, Joe McHenry's good for, I don't even have to say that name, you know, <laughs> but like, uh, like, what does it sound like? I'm like, dude, they're like really fucking hard, really metallic. Uh, Dom has these brutal fucking vocals. And I think that if they really wanted to go and push harder, I think they would catch on. What do you think? Yeah, they, I mean, Dom specifically, um, yeah, I've known him since he was like an actual child. I feel like at this point, like he'd be down at the Charm City Art Space shows when Beware would play. Um, I snuck him into the This Is Hardcore After show I did with like Disgrace and Foundation and all those bands a couple years ago because he was like 18 or something. And uh, I had no, I didn't, I had never talked to him. He's outside bummed because he couldn't come in. I was like, I got you, just get in the back here. And then so he's a dude who's just, you know, he's like, he's like Keith Gallagher in a way, you know, he just, he actually loves hardcore and he puts on for bands as much as humanly possible while his body will allow him. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that he, his voice is fucking crazy. And the faster they go as a band and, you know, cause they could easily just be the slow mosh, like heavy shit, but they switch it up when other bands would go slow and they, they were like, fuck that. We're doing a, a minute and five second long song. It's going to be hard as fuck. It's going to be fast. And, uh, yeah, I think they got the the LP coming on days, which I think is going to be fucking crazy. So yeah, they they smoked it last time, and then uh, I think this this set will be uh, even like a step above that. Hopefully, with the new shit. I actually think it's their. Fa- I agree. I think it's their fast parts that make the heavier spots heavier. Mm-hmm. Definitely a, a band that's shining from our area. Um, I don't know who the fuck spy is, Bob. They are. Um, it's members of the band Scal, who's who's also uh, doing a lot of shit right now. Oh yeah, they're headlining the prom core. They are, and uh, you know the same same kind of circle as Gulch and, and Drain and all them bands, I think. And then uh, that demo, they had like a four song thing that came out last year, and I listened to it a shit ton. And uh, I was curious what more they would do. And uh, it, you know, I think if you if you're into Gulch, I don't. I'm not saying they sound similar really too much, but it, it's in the same same realm. And I think you would also fuck with Spy. And I I think their set is going to be. It's going to be like a low key. I think it's going to be way crazier than than people think it's going to be. And then, uh, yeah, I was just, I, I don't even know if they have more than a fucking four songs still, but I was like, I like this band so much and I want them to come out and have a crazy set. So I, I hit them up and they're down pretty much instantly. So I'm, I'm excited to see them get the reaction they're going to get. I'll just be honest with you. If you were going to shows between like 95 and 98, somewhere on a flyer, some band said, sounds like spaz or they would always try to, I think today's Gulch is like last year's skip spaz. Like every band got related to that. And so I can understand what you're talking about, how like they don't sound like it, but people who like it will check it out. And I, yeah. I look forward to uh, seeing their set. Um, motherfucking Marty safety asshole. William <laughs> try to stop me from driving fast. Every day I drive fast on the road. You said we're not allowed to drive fast on Marty. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for hijacking it. Young Bloods, only Philly hardcore band, motherfucking straight edge hardcore, struck nerve. Yeah, they Marty is one of I think three of my friends uh, that have been there every year. I know him and Anthony have both been since since FYA one, and obviously you know I've been friends of Marty forever at this point. And you know I was I was bummed because I never the timing with Agitator and the Fest never really worked out. Like it was just kind of. If it was a little, if FWA was a little earlier, definitely would have him down, but it just didn't didn't happen. So, as somebody who he truly loves hardcore and he will be straight edge until he's dead, so I'll always support it. 
Um, him actually being in a really fucking good band and putting out an awesome record on Youngblood. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that he's finally getting to, to play FYA after fucking supporting. I mean, the motherfucker bought tickets until like last year. And I was like, yo, stop. But I, you're fine, dude. You don't fucking, I appreciate the support, but you don't fucking need to do that. So. Uh, so that's what hardcore is, man. It's, it's friends who build relationships, friends who you come up with. And I mean, we're talking about a guy you live with, but he's still going to buy a ticket to your show. And it's like, that's the thing that makes, what people like you and I do special is that we have friends that still do shit like that. And you're like, why would you do that? You know? And (laughs) Marty, Marty for the fact that he's built half robot and has no real emotional value to talk about. And he talks literally robotic has a heart of gold and he loves fucking hardcore. And I feel like his vocal spit struck nerve so much better. And I'm so fucking psyched for them. And I'm so happy that young blood has a Philly band. I am a uh, side note too. Uh, he gets viciously hurt every FYA in some capacity. Uh, like he like broke his ankle last year, I believe. Um, yeah. The year repentance played, he was so excited. Cause I was like his favorite band ever. And he, <laughs> he got food poisoning or some shit and he was just throwing up all weekend. So he couldn't, he was on his fucking deathbed and couldn't really enjoy it. So I, I, uh, aside, uh, I, I'm excited about to what kind of injury he's going to get this year. I think he might, uh, I don't know. It could be spinal. He could end up in a fucking iron lung. I don't know what the hell is going to happen to the kids. So we'll see. Marty triage is at the front of the building where <laughs> you go in. <laughs> Same thing. Um, when I think of, when I think of tsunami, I just think of the, all the funniest shit that comes from the internet. I think of people that post memes and all this shit, but I remember at FYA listening to most uh, MH chaos talk about tsunami and obviously they're linked up with the gold dudes and all this. And this is like, it's weird for me. Cause I don't think a lot of California hardcore bands that I grew up listening to were ever that heavy, but tsunami is definitely in that really, really heavy vein. Right. Yeah. They, you know, when they started, I think people thought it was like a pure joke and like, dude, what the fuck? And then, but I, I think it's fucking great. And I, uh, I love just how over the top and ridiculous it is. And the same deal, those fucking kids have been coming, like, I remember seeing those kids every time we went through Cali, um, you know, at least one of the kids flew out, um, they, you know, they fly out to the East Coast for, they were at the uh, the first All Will Suffer show a couple years ago, and then they went to Long Island show, like, those kids actually are hardcore kids that love hardcore, and just do a, a ridiculously heavy, over-the-top band, and uh, yeah, this is going to be the first set at a fest, and I just, it's... It, you know, obviously, I don't have like favorites or whatever, but I think it's going to be like a top three or four set of the weekend. I just, it's going to be just pure insanity the whole time. I think. Marty, you're not allowed near the tsunami pit. <laughs> Marty will be an ICU, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going back to the sons of FYA themselves, three knee deep. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we spoke on it earlier, but you know, I just that's like. This hardcore has Wisdom and Chains, you know, blacklisted up to, you know, they're stopping a band basically. Um, you know, other fests have their own thing, but I think 3D Deep is the Florida band that needs to play FYA as long as they're a fucking band. Um, they, they definitely help put FYA on the map. They put Tampa Hardcore on the map. You know, they fucking headline a fest in fucking Sweden. Like, they, it, the fact <laughs> that, like nothing about the band. I didn't know that. Dude, it's, I'm sorry. 
it's just so fucking it's like a glitch you know what i mean it's just like this shouldn't work as well as it has and the fact that they've been able to do the crazy shit they do while just doing a band that they fucking love i mean dude fucking dalton came up to this hardcore 2012 or something like that just to see death threat like that dude he knows those dudes all have been into sick shit forever did a band that's fucking just ridiculous and awesome and just seeing them get the love they get you know they just fucking did that crazy record release in orlando you know them them actually making that a tampa and becoming a thing other places is fucking awesome and that's like you know out of all the things that fway has been able to do the fact that they've been able to do as much as they could i feel like at least in some part to the fest like makes me really really happy because they're just they're one of the coolest things about hardcore to me in like the last decade easily so Moving on to our other headliner, Turnstile. Yeah, I mean, dude, the fucking... So they played a few years ago at Orpheum, and, you know, I love Orpheum, but I feel like that's not really conducive to how good a Turnstile set can be. Like, you need that crowd participation. And um, so I think I just... I put that set at this venue mentally, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like, you know, they just put out a record... And they've always been awesome live, you know, from the fucking start, from the first seven inch and demo and all that. But putting out their best release 11 years or so after being a fucking band is like unheard of. You know what I mean? I feel like it's super rare and hardcore. And I fucking love that new record. And, you know, everybody's seen every single, I mean, look at the the amount of discussion on it in the last like three days just to come out. Like that's all anybody's talking about. And then, uh, so I'm glad the timing worked out with them being able to, to come down and play. And I think, uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about the headliner curse, and I don't think, you know, knock on wood, but I think that's going to be one of the craziest sets that the Fest has ever had. And they're just, they're fucking gigantic, and I'm, I'm really excited that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, they got memes now about memes, about memes <laughs> regarding the record. It's like, they're one of them bands that we've watched grow to the point where if they were really not about hardcore, which is what I was t- uh, on my side podcast, the rule of three, which has a new episode out. We discussed how turnstile is big enough where they don't ever have to fuck with hardcore ever again. They have so many fans purely because they love hardcore and purely because they still embody it. Regardless of what you feel sonically, their music comes out these days. They, they don't have to play your fest, but they want to. And that's the coolest part about them. Dude, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll respect those dudes forever because the yeah, same exactly like you said, like, they could just tell me to kick rocks and just be like, oh, we're just going to play this other crazy shit and we don't want anything to do with hardcore, but they're they're really down. And, you know, there's there's a lot of bands in their position that are just full of shit, in my opinion, and don't actually back or believe the things they say. And those dudes, I think, are just all actual, real, sincere guys and, you know, just did the record they wanted to fucking do and it fucking paid off. And uh, yeah, I just it's it's awesome to see uh, how successful that shit's been. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, Vane, man, Vane. They, uh, I feel like they're kind of a sleeper on here because you know they've been pretty pretty low key. And I was like, fuck, man, Vane really hasn't done anything in a minute. I think it'd be a cool look just because to switch it up and keep people on their toes. You know, they wouldn't see that shit coming. So you know, their their sets are always just you know, super memorable and you come away from the weekend, like talking about it with everybody. <clears throat> and uh, I think we only had them the one time before. So they, uh, them being down to play is cool. And I think they also have a new record at least sometime soon. So yeah, they, I think, uh, I think that's a cool look. And then, 
I just want to say John's new band, Living Weapon. I fucking love that band. And uh, so hopefully they can be in be on the fest in some capacity, you know, an after show or something like that, because I'd love to see them. So yeah, I'm glad yeah the that. videos from that look crazy. Yeah, he's a, he, I knew he'd be a sick front man just because, you know, the way he moshes and how cool he looks when he plays bass and all that. But yeah, he fucking looks great, so. No, I think I think you're right. I think Bane's going to have one of them sets. This might be your favorite band right now, Warren. Dude, they, again, like, you know, I try to keep that Wilkes-Barre connection going because, you know, I love that scene and, you know, the kids have always been awesome over the years. And so they, they put out a thing and I, I hit the dude up, the kid Dan, and I was like, yo, this sounds like Think I Care. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, I I've definitely love Think I Care, obviously. And then, uh, so, you know, we put them on. I think the first time they came was, again, it might have been the Dead Heat show, but I, we did them with Regional Justice Center at that No Face Studios. And they've only gotten better and, and more tight over the years. And, um, you know, I feel like they kind of shed the, the Think I Care not like a ripoff, but, you know, truly just inspired by that. And it take a ton of different influences now. And uh, the Human Work LP, you know, the record release was awesome. Uh, From Within put it out and it's fucking great. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how much that band has grown in just a couple of years. And I, I think they're just going to keep on getting bigger and better. Now, uh, there's a small band from Delaware, the last band we're going to talk about, Year of the Knife. Lay it on me. Yeah, I mean, when uh, they played super early on when they had the first singer, and Lennon actually was the one that was pushing for it super hard. It was like, yo, I, you need to put this band on. And I was kind of on the fence. I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And we put them on. I was like, all right, that was, that was good Good look by Lennon because uh, it said it had been really good. But obviously, once they changed singers, it was a fucking whole different ball game. And, you know, I w- if I had the chance, I would follow them around like the fucking Grateful Dead and just watch them seven days a week. I think they're, you know, the new record is fucking so good. Um, they're always super tight live. Tyler's one of my favorite front men, you know, in the last 20 years easily. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, we didn't get to have them last year because I wanted them to have the new release out and all that. So, you know, the timing worked out. And I think just playing on a new record and getting to play in front of people for the first time in a minute down there. Uh, yeah, I think that, that should be real good. I kind of like them. <laughs> yeah, you should probably um, uh, work with them in some capacity. It'd probably be a good yeah. idea. Uh, yeah, I think that it, it, they encompass a lot of the things that I wish bands would understand. That you can grow and you can become a band that is known without losing touch with the things that you do. And everything that these guys do, they are in touch with it. They want to do it. Working with them in the capacity that I do, you know, um, I like that they don't cool guy bands. Um, as a booking agent, whatever they, my term is with these guys, when I get asked, hey, how does the year of your life, would they, would they want to play with this? I look at the band and I'll know in 10 seconds because not because are they cool enough? What I'll know is if year of the knife, usually 90% of the time, as long as it fits in their schedule. And they haven't overplayed somewhere. They're they, they're interested. I think yeah. one of the things that sucks about bands is that sometimes there's a cool guy factor, and I don't think you're the knife cool guys any opportunity. And I like that. I like I like throwing opportunities in front of them. Like this weekend, they played two shows opening for Sick of It All and Death Before Dishonor. And now, as we're doing this, they're rec- uh, they're they're in Syracuse playing with Warren. 
Yep. They're, they play everywhere, man. And they're fucking great kids. And, um, I'm, I'm too biased to put anything else onto it. Just like a personal thing that I feel like their, their moment where people really are going to pick up on them is now, like you said, because they have a new record. And I feel like Tyler does a really good job now more than previously. I think he's finally got his bearings on what he wants to do. And I've seen some videos from this weekend and I'm like, all right, my boy's got it. And, uh, so I, mean, I will say too that the comp song is probably my favorite song they have still. Like it's that song fucking I listened to like twenty times in a row when it came out. And, you know, I think Tyler's lyrics are just pretty unique for what's going on right now. And then he has a really cool way of looking at shit. And yeah, just every everything about it I fucking love. So I'm I'm glad to see that, you know, they haven't fallen off and they're just literally keep on getting better. When um now that we're gonna wrap up and a nice little ball, this discussions on FYA. The thing for me is that there's so many elements that we could, we can't even dress like a dress properly. Some of the things I really like that you said now, hearing you talk about the lineup is that there is a focus on making sure there is a balance point between bands that have records coming out. So that way the bands are at their highest potential to not only uh, gain something from it, but you, you brought up something that is intelligent that sometimes a band just plays themselves out because they're pushed to play so much. They might just be out of steam. And even though they might want to play something, it is good. It is good wisdom on your part to say, I take this year off. Wait till you have a break. So people are still excited because especially in your case with Florida, FYA is something that is a destination, you know, like so many people are flying to Florida, you know, um, I can't even imagine how many people are not from anywhere near Florida that come down to that thing, but you definitely want people traveling for something they haven't just seen two months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I also like that you have personal relationships with the people that are in these bands and that some of the personal relationships in one band has rolled over into the next band. And I think that that shows value that you give not to, I want to book this fest and make it the most popular and successful financial thing, but you're intrinsically tied to the people that are performing and creating this art and that you're almost taking it to task to promote them and help them. And I think that that's not something that the average festival promoter that is living in uh, yachts and makes a lot more money than you or I do. And I think that that's a really heartfelt way to look at this because without the people that you have built relationships with, none of this stuff that you've done over the last seven bills would have been possible. And I'm glad that you have curated these kind of friendships. And I mean, the most important thing again is like you through FYA have changed hardcore and you have promoted aspects that through your own personal, um, um, whether it's your perspective your taste or you're just the way that you look at hardcore and the, the, the values that you'd like to see instilled or you're kind of, you, you help us check out stuff that would have gotten lost because hardcore for as many bands as there are and the way Twitter is and the algorithms and all this shit, it's a fucking echo chamber or it's a bunch of their friends playing. Hey, you should only check out my friend's band. I don't listen to these other stuff. And I think that you have given a big voice to these bands that, I mean, like a magnitude, I don't think that they'd be anywhere without FYA. 
I can say about so many of the bands we just talked about in the last hour and a half, just about what you've done to promote them. You know, you're not promoting Bob Wilson. You're not promoting Fway. You're promoting the band. You're pushing the culture. And as someone that watched you from a young teenage asshole dickhead grow into be a person who has a huge hand in the taste making and the success and the way that bands have grown in hardcore, I absolutely love that this is what you've taken and put your entire heart into. And I think that's a huge reason why it does so well is because you know, and I know that you could probably find other bands that could get you into a giant room, but from you, the heart and soul is in these bands as they're growing. And I love the way that you broke down these bands. So thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate you being uh, patient as I punish with insane specifics about every band. No, this is, um, I haven't seen anybody do this and I wanted to do this and I serendipitously, it falls on number 50. And when we get into your personal life and people listen, I think that those who do listen to this one are going to understand even more so where some of your decisions come from. But let's, uh, let's do the basics here. FYA eight, the Ocho uh, goes, it's announced goes on sale Friday. Well, where's the details? Uh, yeah. So it's going up tomorrow, obviously by the time this is up and then, uh, just fya.brownpapertickets.com and then all the social media stuff is just FYA Fest. And uh, yeah, the lineup will be out when this is out and then tickets on sale at noon on Friday. So you um, have FYA Fest at IG, at Twitter, and if you want tickets, they're going on sale Friday. Support yeah. FYA The Ocho 2022. <laughs> you hate that. It's great. It's so funny to say that. <laughs> I had to, sorry. Um, anything that you would like to add regarding information for 2020's FYA Fest right now? Uh, no, I mean, just, you know, uh, I'm just glad that all the bands were down to play and it came together the way it did. And I personally think that, you know, this is the best one by far. And I'm glad, you know, things things fell into place the way they did. And I'm I'm just excited for the new bands with the demos, the bands with the new records, the established bands, you know, getting to to be on stage. And then uh yeah, just you know, Rob, Andrew, Kev Hare, fucking Lennon, Carter, all them kids, Pensacola, Florida, you know, fucking Philly kids, you know, anybody who I Scanlon, who's the best stage manager in the game. Um Best dressed as well. Yeah. <laughs> he uh yeah, he'll, he'll show up with something crazy this year as usual, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I, it's not just the Bob Wilson show. You know what I mean? I fucking, I, I really do value the people I, I talk to, like you and everybody I mentioned's advice and outlook on things. And, and uh, I just, yeah, as long as people know that I actually give a fuck about, you know, when I, when I hit them up about a band that I'm asking about, you know, I actually do care what they what they say about it and let me punish the fuck out of them with my ideas. No, man, everything that you spoke on in the last two hours has been from the heart. And I, I can tell you that um, this is what I wish more people did when they took on tasks like this, would take their perspective and try it. 
instead of trying to just echo or repeat what other people have done that's successful. But instead, instead of saying, what does someone want? You have made a positive change at hardcore through FYA fest by taking what you like and what you'd like to see different and what you would make a change and something that happened in the course of all the arguing on Facebook years ago, Sonny had written, well then book your own fest under the, when he was running the, this is hardcore Facebook page. People attribute it to me and they're like, how dare you say that? And I actually think that more people, it went over their heads to realize hardcore punk is still malleable. Everything that we do has an impact on it. It's exactly like um, that butterfly effect movie. Every show you go to, every mosh you make, every show you support the bands changes hardcore. And so when you take on a task like booking something like an FYA, and instead of just being like, who's the popular bands? Um, who do I have to dick suck? The fact that you've taken the time to curate and press value and uh, focus on stuff that you want to see it, it, in, in the short amount of time that um, FYA has been out, which sorry for saying short, but you know, it's not like 40 years, nah, yeah. but in the same time is you have made a huge impact in modern hardcore and it's reverberations continue to grow. And I'm just really, as a big brother to you, I'm insanely proud of you. And I'll always say that I'm, every year I say, I'm sorry that I couldn't come earlier and that I cannot wait to be at the castle for eight days and FYA for two. <laughs> That's right. I'll be at the goth club for eight nights. <laughs> All right. FYA fest at Instagram at Twitter. Do you even have a Facebook or they didn't, none of the people you care about a Facebook? Uh, we have a Facebook. It's fucking dismal. It's it's like I post shit just to fucking do it, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. And uh, don't hit up Bob directly. He don't answer DMs. He don't have fucking time for you. FYA is about to get announced. Actually, by the time you listen, it is announced. And for those listening, if you'd like to hear the story of Robert Tower Wilson the Fourth and all the many bands he'd been in, all the hijinks, how he insulted entire countries, how people wanted to beat him up through most of his teens into his early 20s. You have to check out this Friday when we do the full Robert Taylor Wilson the fourth episode. Bob, I love you. You're one of the only people I call when my life is good, whether my life is bad. And we have many adventures under our belts and many more to go. And I'm so happy for you and FY8 Diocho. Love you too, my friend. Thank you for everything. All right, bro. Yeah, that was fucking incredible. I absolutely had a blast. Still fucking around with these weird buttons that we got. And uh I'll I'll try to I'll try to reincorporate them in the next episode. And again, we're gonna go deep in the Bob story. It's really hard for me at times to have conversations and not go back to the past. And even in this, cause there's so much about what Bob did previous to FYA that made FYA special. We touched on it a little bit this episode, but I think after you hear his story coming out this Friday, I think you'll have a better understanding. Thank you for the support. 50 fucking episodes is pretty wild. I, I'm just happy. I, and now it's weird where my friends are running into people that are like, yo, I checked out your band because of this episode. I really appreciate that. And, um, the ball's running again. We're getting the Patreon actual content up on the fucking thing. And there'll be more cool shit. Thank you for almost an entire year of support. Thank you for listening. And go to at 
F-Y-A-Fest.com. I don't think it's a .com, <laughs> so go to his Instagram and uh, Twitter. I don't know why I said that. Go to his Twitter, go to his Instagram, check that shit out. Buy tickets this Friday when it comes out. And check out all the show notes if you would like to listen and check out Never Ending. Yeah, uh, never Again, I keep saying Never Ending because I never end a game. Never Again. And just support T-I-H-C-Podcast.com. Also, new Rule of Three episode is going to be out the next few days. So check that the fuck out as well. We got more shit coming. Thank you. Peace.